past the creaky metal gates. Through the fog-enveloped graveyard, you find yourself on the rickety old porch of a long-forgotten home. Beyond the threshold sits a man obsessed, a tortured soul, cursed to discover all about the Southern California haunt community and beyond. You have now entered the domain of the Creepcast with Rick Creeper. <laughs> You're listening to the Creepcast. All right. I guess we got to do this, right? Yeah, it's your show, sir. I know, I know. Hey, guys, we're back at it. I'm very excited to be here, like always, because I always have a hard time with the intros because it's like the most awkward thing I do. But it takes me like, what, a good five minutes to get warmed up? That's pretty standard for most podcasts. Yeah, yeah no pressure. I, I get the worst anxiety doing like the show notes and then looking at my guests and the handsome devil across the way. Yeah, well, are you going to just... In- well, I'm going to introduce some of you. Oh, okay. so, yeah, I'm just <laughs> trying just to have a build-up. A little bit of a start, okay. So cool. we're, we're back at it. I'm excited to have this man back at my table. Uh, episode 28, it's the return of Rick West. The I, I know this, but I have to re- read the notes still. It's the co-founder, uh, co-founder creative director of Midsummer Scream, my buddy, my pal, uh, future D&D nerd, Nova off mic, hello, even though we said hi earlier. But uh, what's going on, buddy? It's great to be back. Thank right? you. New place. And we're in new digs. Right? I, this is great, man. It's There's no more um, um, uh, sirens. No, or fires. Fires. Oh, my God. We An episode. I had uh, the Walker Chronicles, the YouTubers. They they showed up about 45 minutes early. I'm okay, whatever. And then uh, the girlfriend, Krista's leaving. She's like, babe, there's a fire. And I'm thinking, eh, it's, you know, in the distance. Yeah. No, literally, it was across the street where you guys parked at. Oh, wow. And um, the church's like garage was on fire, and it's like wow. a four alarm fire, like all PD and fire in my neighborhood. And I get a text, hey, we're here. Um, We see the fire. Where, where's your apartment? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Where are you in relation to the fire? She just turns back in the door and says, no, babe, there's a fire, and her eyelashes are smoking. Yeah, it right? was literally like we, 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 we were looking at it. And then when I had the Midnight Syndicate on, for some reason, the gardener decides to blow the weed whacker on my porch. And it was like the most nerve-wracking episode I ever had. Wow. wow. And now you're here. No pressure. So We're here. There's no fires as far as we can tell. There's no weed whacking. No as weed far whacking. As we, um, yeah. No uh, it's, neighbors it's playing music. Know. Yeah, That's it's, good. Yeah. This is good. We're nice. off to a great start. Yeah, That's man. a good one. So how's it going? Dude, it's, it's, it's weird is what it is. We're, we're barreling down the final stretch into midsummer. It's, it's been like three years since we've all gathered in right. long beach it's and that's crazy because we talk about things that happened at last midsummer which was in 2019 right it feels like yesterday but it's like everybody's gone through this black hole this wormhole right exactly because no matter what you're talking about inevitably you say oh yeah a couple months ago oh wait that was two years ago everybody kind of like went through this this time warp that, that we've all collectively experienced where we've just been stuck idle in our lives with work, with personal lives, just with whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just, your mind, as, as time progresses, just kind of like erases all of that. And so suddenly things that happened three years ago were just, oh yeah, a couple months ago. So it feels really weird. Um, it feels great. It feels uh, uh, exciting. 
And, uh, you know, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say it's, it's overwhelming at this point. Right? I kind of figured. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a massive event. This is going to be the biggest show we've ever done. Um, you know, this is our return to Long Beach after the, you know, we say that it's the two year hiatus, but really it's been like, what? It's been like three years, right? Since we've years, all yeah. been to Long Beach. Yeah. And uh, so, no, we're like double crossing our T's and double dotting our I's and making sure that we really have everything you know you say oh all of our ducks in a row and then suddenly it's like oh shit except this i forgot this and this and this so we're just like making really sure that we've got everything down pat you gave me a bit of advice <clears throat> it's like off a mic it's all right um something i'm planning out with this man we're doing december and i was just like overwhelmed figuring it out yeah and you said don't look at the whole picture handle in bits and pieces yeah we're in fact i was just talking to my dad we were on our way down we were talking and he's you know very excited and and i said look it's just it's it's at the point now where you know i just have to take baby steps like every day and just get my i have a to-do list right that's thankfully getting smaller and smaller you know as we as we get closer um but I take copious notes on that every day, and that's how I keep myself updated as I have to-do lists. And, um, you know, if you step back to the 1,000-foot level and look at everything, you get really overwhelmed because Midsummer is a pretty big monster, yeah, you know, dude. to put together with a million moving tentacles, right? Uh, so if I put my blinders on and just kind of focus on on putting out my little fires one at a time, it's, it's a lot easier to digest. But the minute I'm, like, lying in bed or we're sitting on the couch and I'm just kind of thinking about everything, it's very easy to suddenly just like seize up and get really really anxious i i lose sleep at night because my, my mind if i don't have something to distract me or i physically mentally exhausted myself the wheels will start turning oh yeah absolutely man mm. yeah i'll get um, up and i'm like yeah did, okay uh, did i did um do we do a sound check yes um I, did i get the email from knots no did uh that's another story and i'll start like rick's coming at eight right you know like i'll check the, I'll, I'll go back and check my, my texts <laughs> yeah and it's one in the morning. I'm like, why am I doing this one in the morning? It's Wednesday. He's not coming till Friday. Yeah. Oh, no, I do that, too. I go down mental rabbit holes, and, and my mind just starts going crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's just, it, it, it's one of those things where, it's one of those things where if I wanted to, I could work on Midsummer stuff stuff literally 24 7 right but what i do is i really try to unless you know it's at this point we're kind of like we do it as it needs to be done but what i really like to do is i like to just work monday through friday normal quote-unquote office hours and then come afternoon and evening i have dinner and then i just relax whether it's with nova we're doing whatever we're doing or i'll game with my friends on you know on playstation or you know whatever because i really think it's important to have that that quote-unquote work life balance exactly. you know you have to do that otherwise you go nuts but yeah i mean there's so much to be done that you can work 24 7 but it'll drive you insane you know so um you know it's manageable but it is it is chaotic at this point it's it's pretty crazy but we're really excited it's a good crazy because Mm -hmm. we have a good feeling about things but like i said we are double checking everything funny story from it was uh uh for season screamings last year in pasadena our christmas event um it was the first time that we had had a type of hall of shadows anywhere it was the hall of yuletide spirits cool name by the way and uh thanks and um it was really funny we were all excited. It was the first time that we'd have we'd had haunters somewhere, you know, building for the first time in a couple of years. Everybody's all jazzed and we're installing. <laughs> and Ian, who's our, our hall manager, you know, for this stuff, 
he sends an email to David and I and he says, we ordered stanchions for the queues, right? And we were just kind of like, oh, oh shit. shit, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> Better go to the store and buy a lot of masking tape. But uh, so that's one of those things where you just, you don't know, do it for a while and things that you'd think, oh, of course we got it's easy to miss. So, yes, we've ordered stanchions. Shit, I think for uh, for midsummer, and uh, so you you live, you learn, and you laugh when when things like that come up. Um, not a big deal for season screamings. Would be a big deal for midsummer. So so yeah, let's, let's pay attention. See if we got stanchions. Keep it, keep an eye on the stanchions. Yeah. Stanchions. Look at footage. Make sure. That's make sure. it. Look at look at. There's no stanchions. I'm gonna go live on Instagram. <laughs> Believe me, there'll be there'll be. We we have more in, and we'll get to this. We we have more in Hall of Shadows this year than we've ever had before. Dude, I'm. I sorry. think we have like 18 attractions. I think it is. Oh my god, pretty amazing. Psyched. This is gonna be the fifth anniversary, correct? It's the fifth anniversary, and it's so big it took us seven years to get here. Well, that, it's, that's <laughs> right. great. They I hope that's the tagline. <laughs> that's, that's kind of been the unofficial tagline. Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, it's it's really you know the whole the, the kind of feeling and like kind of the under the the underlying theme of Hall of Shadows actually this year is um, Halloween comes home, and so basically this is we see Midsummer not only as our finally fifth anniversary show. Uh, it, this really is a homecoming because for a lot of people, this will be the first time they've gone to a big show. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. since since we kind of coming out of the pandemic here, mm-hmm. so it's a big deal. It's a big deal on all levels, and I think in a way, this is just important for us as producers as our first year was. Wow! Because first year, you know, we were coming out of Scarlet and we had everything to prove as as the new thing, you know, as Midsummer, and so we came out swinging and we knocked it out of the ballpark with Midsummer. And then we've been away for two years, you know, we've, we've been gone into the ether like everybody else. So now all the eyes are all like, okay, what's big, what's Midsummer going to look like when they come back, you know? And so we really have really tried to, uh, take it to the next level. And I think we have on all the different, all the different aspects of our show. I'm not going to lie. Every release or update on social media, what's this panel, this person, yeah, this attraction, this vendor, I'm like, are where where are they going to put all this? I mean, this is insane. It yeah. just it's just I love how things have been teasered out little by little increments. Yeah, well, we do that on purpose because we're still planning stuff. You know, <laughs> it's like being a haunter. You know, people that are haunters they'll understand. You're 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 building still while you're opening. Right. You know, type of thing. So we we still have things that we're you know finalizing and, and putting together. That's not to say that we haven't planned them for a long time. Like our Monster Kids panel, the original insane, Monster Kids. Dude. I've been noodling on that in my head for at least three or four years. So sometimes it takes that long to, for something to come to fruition. Other things would be like, oh, we have an extra time slot. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? And we spitball for a second. And then suddenly, four weeks out, we come up with a panel idea just because we have an extra space on a stage, you know. So it, it just kind of is a different genesis for everything. But um, there's just so much, man. So we, we do, we, we purposely trickle the information out. Um, and then people find as it gets closer and closer that it's packed. We were talking about this the other day, that yeah. the schedule is packed. We, we don't have a larger footprint this year than we did in 19. We have the entire convention center in mm-hmm. Long Beach, but we have more stuff crammed into it. And we have the, the, the third day for the first time ever. We're doing it Friday night, which That's is right, yeah right. six to yeah. ten on Friday night. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and then our normal Saturday Sunday show. Mm-hmm. So this is it's it's uh you know um 
the same footprint, but a lot more content jammed into it and an extra night for mostly um, show floor stuff. Hollow Shadows won't be open on Friday, but the um, the show floor will be in some of our activations, including the second stage will be open Friday night. But more importantly, how's Rick been? Rick has been okay. Rick has, um, you know, uh, Rick has been dealing with some health issues, which is not a huge secret because I, I talk about it a little bit here and there. Um, but, you know... Um, Nova takes good care of me and keeps Frankenstein's monster alive here. And uh, <laughs> it's it's nothing. I don't want to sound cryptic. I just don't want to really know my personal business, but it's well, just we, we it's, get- it's 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 just an ongoing it's an ongoing issue that we just have to do a lot of procedures and a lot of uh, a lot of tests and a lot of wait and see and hurry up and wait with Kaiser and that kind of thing. And uh, I can feel myself flushing because I don't know how, exactly how to talk about it. Um, it's just. Um, there are a lot of people in the world that are a lot worse off. Good. So let's just leave it at that. I, I've been better <laughs> before, mm-hmm. and I will be better again. Um, we're a little worried about my stamina, uh, my physical stamina for, for midsummer. But, you know, the, the team is very supportive, and they said, you know, they, they, they know that I'm not a slacker, and they pretty much are all looking out for me and just saying, you know, you just do what you can do. And, you know, if you need to do a lot of sitting and resting, then you do a lot of sitting and resting. And uh, that's what we're going to do. But I'm very excited, and look, this is a this is a passing thing, and it sucks. But uh, you know, there are a lot of people a lot worse off. So I, I try to keep my belly aching to a minimum. Well, if you need a six foot four monster to carry, <laughs> that's I'm awesome. Thanks. I'm here for your buddy. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, we we talk a lot off the mic. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But I'm good. Good, I, good, I, good. I, yeah, it, it's it, it's nothing nothing horrendous like cancer or anything like that. God, you know, we have friends that have cancer and yeah. and, and, and our hearts are out to them and so it, it's nothing like that, but it's it's something that's just kind of a constant annoyance and we will get to the bottom of it and uh, I will be better than ever before soon. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. That's what's important to me. Yeah, yeah. So um a lot's going on with some this year. Yeah, we have a couple things. Um, there, <laughs> I, there's so much going on. I mean, there's there's different panels, guests, a lot of vendors, performances. I yeah. mean, the Hall of Shadows. I'm just dumbfounded how many haunts you got. There's so much going That's on. Crazy. It just yeah. Where do, where do we start? How do we talk about this today? It's just you tell me. Man. <laughs> okay. You 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 you're the one with the spooky looking bullet list across the table. <laughs> That's very intimidating. I might add. Yeah, a lot of a lot of you already covers. You're good. Um. This, the thing that's cool is if you ask me something that I don't know, I can bullshit the answer. And that's you'll be good. like, oh, that's cool because you don't know. I was like, I don't know either. Right, yeah. So I can I, say whatever. I literally been looking at social media and pulled you guys' website mm-hmm. and sat, sat at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready for that weekend? Yeah, let's let's do this. So so, so uh, how do you prep? What, what does Rick do uh, first thing that morning? Are we talking about Thursday when we first install? Okay, well, Thursday, yes. Um. Well, inevitably, we will get up very early, and I will have uh, just crushing uh, anxiety cramps, probably, and um, probably will, what, I guess, 
shave and force food. I'm, I'm not an early morning person. I'm the kind of guy that wakes up really early in the, mor- early in the morning and I'm like nauseated. I'm, I'm not a morning guy, like literally nauseated. That's like every morning. Right? What are you looking at me for? I think the producer of the show can relate as Dude, well. Dude, it's like, and, and yeah. you know, I've read about this actually. It's because of, of, of your body's chemistry. Mm-hmm. There are things that like if you wake up too early, there your body sometimes doesn't do well. And there's different reasons why. But yeah. I, for as long as I can remember, I, I'm just not... I'm not really an early, early morning guy. My my day usually, I will roll out of bed usually between nine and ten thirty is when I usually roll out of okay. bed. So um, we'll get up early. We will probably just have some breakfast, probably some coffee, and head to Long Beach and get there probably between eight and nine a.m. And uh, by that time, the Hall of Shadows, all the haunts will already be in because they start loading in at six a.m. That's a lot of pressure. Oh. That's and and hats off to Ian Momi. He orchestrates the loading in of the trucks. What happens is all the trucks will drive in, and we're talking huge, massive U-Hauls and stuff. They actually drive onto the show floor. They dump their load of all their haunt stuff, and then they have to drive back out. And the way that he has this is like Tetris, you know, the way that they park and everything mm-hmm. for the weekend out back. Um, and then the haunters come in and have two days then to build their haunts. So by the time we roll in at about eight or nine, by the time we go into the Hall of Shadows, there's already like flats going up and framework going up. What the haunters do is just like freaking crazy. You know, it goes up so fast. Um, so that's basically what happens Thursday morning. And then we kind of walk the venue and just see certain things going in. Um, you have some vendor load in on the show floor. First, the pipe and drape comes in on the show floor. We have, I think, 350 vendors. So it's a really big show floor. Uh, pipe and drape and tables and all that stuff have to come in and be set up for all that. Um, I think we actually start doing that maybe even the night before if our guys can get in there a little bit early mm-hmm. and uh once that's delivered depending on where the vendors are coming from or whatever they just start loading in they have very specific times it's not hey bring all your shit down and start loading it it's very orchestrated okay otherwise it's chaos at the loading docks that's a lot of moving parts dude wow. it's i'm glad it's not my thing to do because <laughs> I, that would drive me insane right. so um most of the vendor stuff comes in on Fridays. Okay. But we'll be starting to set up our massive main stage. That starts happening on Thursday. Um, Thursday and Friday, That that's going in. Um, and we will debut the main stage Saturday morning, not Friday night. Uh, but we have a second stage. That's going to debut on Friday night. Cool. Uh, we have the... Uh, God, we have our... My mind's going a million miles a minute. We have the, the hall... The... the um, the museum of halloween yeah that starts yeah. getting in, installed looks, on thursday that looks pretty that cool yeah. yeah i want to ask about that yeah, yeah. that that's going to be installed starting thursday so you just see these rooms that are just look like empty event space rooms or empty halls you know when you get downstairs to the show floors and suddenly it becomes populated and as signs go up as certain logos start going up as the bunting goes up it starts feeling like midsummer. It starts feeling like home again. Mm-hmm. And by Friday afternoon, it's real well, especially this year because we open Friday evening, right? For the first time. By Friday midday, it's really midsummer. I mean, everybody's there. The buzz is in the air. 
Um, at three o'clock on Friday, all of the lights go off in Hall of Shadows because that's when all the haunters start testing their lights and adjusting everything. That's when it really sinks in like, oh, shit, here we go. You know, it's a big deal when the lights go off. Everybody cheers and it, it, it's great. Um, well, we will have the front of the Hall of Shadows visible. The, the entrance this year is being done by Cal Haunts again, and it's Midsummer Estates. It's a it's a neighborhood that's having their annual Halloween festival. That's so cool. Yeah, so all the houses are made up to different Halloween themes, like a gremlin house, a purge house, a clown house, a, so you know, cool. that. that type of thing. Um, so we have that, but the, that'll be pipe and draped off. The entrance will be, but you'll be able to see the entry facade. For Midsummer State. So so at least people that are coming on Friday night can get pumped and then get excited. They can take pictures in front of Midsummer Estates. They just can't go in. inside. I could totally hang out in the Hall of Shadows the entire time. Oh, yeah. There are some people that do. It's yeah, just, absolutely. you know, and this year it'll be possible because there's so much in there between seeing the haunts and displays, seeing the Decayed Brigade shows. They're going to do Spiders. three shows each day. Spiders. Forgot. Yeah. So th- there are some people that spend the majority of their time just hanging out in Hall of Shadows. The builders and haunters, they're a different breed of the community. Mm-hmm. They're oh, a bunch yeah. of madmen that will work 15 hour days all day. And then, um, like, either my experience with some of the guys they started off as, as scare actors and they build and they're like I'd rather build or they build and rather become scare actors but like the builders are just a different breed of species in the haunt and horror community I don't know what it is they're, yeah. they're madmen they yeah they do what they do and, and they're so passionate about it none of them do it for money hmm. I mean the little I helped out here and there like I'm like I was walking through um the midnight mortuary over at the hayride which uh, boss man, big boss man, Jeff, uh, Sinister Jeff from Sinister Point, he built for them and he had to ship there. I helped build the the crawl space. And so mm-hmm. when we're walking through it in the hayride. I'm like, dude, I built it. I don't fit in it, but I built it. I was like, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know I helped piece it together. So I pushed my, my little cousin through it. But um, even just the little involvement I have, I yeah. just, you take so much pride. Just like you, your event grows. That's your baby. Mm. It's pretty gnarly. And then the stress, the anxiety, and you're like, oh my God, why did I do this at the end of the day? There are there are certain moments where, because um, it takes a long time. It takes about 18 months to plan a midsummer show. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yes, we're already planning stuff for 2023. I mean, we've already Dude. locked in certain panels that we want to do and certain themes. And wow. So we are working on that. And we are also whispering about 24. So this stuff has a really long, you know, uh, process. Um, when it comes to show day, it's always very um, humbling to see the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people standing in line. It just stretches as far as you can see. And it switchbacks, you know, it switchbacks and then disappears. And I think the end of the line is somewhere like Tijuana. I mean, it goes, it goes, it goes, <laughs> it goes a long freaking way, right? And these guys have been out there for hours. And yeah. it's in the sun. And, you know, it's a crapshoot. Some days are really nice. Some years it's really nice weather. Some years it's really hot. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, bless these folks. They're in their cosplay. They're in makeup. They're mostly wearing black, you know, mm-hmm. because black in the community. Yep. But, uh, you know, they do it and they're excited. And, you know, one of my favorite moments is just going in right before doors open and just sitting down in the lobby, maybe grabbing a breakfast sandwich or something there, and then just watching as everybody just starts flowing in. And it's just like, wow. Because at that point, 
that's it. I mean, the, the, the brakes are off. This thing is done. It's, it's kind of out of your hands at this point, right? It's a living, breathing, breathing thing out in the world. And just to see everybody coming in and cheering and taking pictures down below, you know, below the black cats and below the banner that says Midsummer Scream, that's just really, uh, it's very emotional and it's just very exciting and it's very gratifying. It's very, very cool. But then you realize, okay, can't sit here much longer. Got, got to check on a million other things. And then it's just a blur, literally. For the rest of the time, it's just, it goes by. It's just a blur. And honestly, except for the very rare occasions where I say, no, I really want to sit and watch this presentation or whatever. We don't experience Midsummer really until we're sitting at, you know, at home on the couch watching it on YouTube or, or, or whatever. That's how we experience Midsummer Scream because it, it's just such a blur. Such a blur. Two things. We got to dress him like Obi-Wan, like on a cloak. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he gets to like blend into the crowd and enjoy the event. Oh, yeah. No, I like But that. what about a cloak of invisibility? Yes. Oh, we can get that that is what I need. There or a go. cloak of Elvenkind, Elvenkind which I think he's stealthier. Yeah, we're gonna geek on some D and D shit. So there we go. No, Same. seriously, like a costume or something, so he could just blend in. So yeah. they don't know it's Rick West. It's right. just it's just a random dude. We could get him yeah. like a Rick West mask, so you do like the Brian Cranston thing where oh, Brian like, Cranston oh, was dressed as Brian Cranston. Rick West. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> That's I'm, funny. I'm pretty sure Trick or Treat Studios could probably make a mask. They probably can. Dude, dude, those will sell. That's Seriously. really funny. <laughs> Limit, no, dude, like a limited edition mask only for Midsummer? Dude, it would be limited. I would be the only one buying one. Dude. <laughs> That's how limited, limited, limited it would be, Rick. This is what I would do. I would go to like another park and like wear it and dress the way he would. Oh, my God. And, oh, yeah, it's Rick West. Go ahead. And, and yeah. no, we don't want that because I can imagine all the <laughs> fucked up effigies that people would make. I can already hear John Braver and Jeff Shuffleby going, oh, yeah, I want one of those I masks. I want one of those. No, that's not happening. No. Those, no. those would be cool. No, not for you. <laughs> What's I mean, not for me. For you, maybe. Not for me. I, I know I know the one of the main dudes over there at Trick or Treat. What's his name again? Oh, boy. The wheels are spinning. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll figure this out. No, no, no. But that's the, uh, one thing. Second thing, I can't explain the energy. Like, just when you first get there. Yeah. And you walk into the lobby. Yeah. And then there's the banners. And there's, like, the cats. And yeah. You hear, and the mm. buzz in the air. And you hear all these yep. people. see the cosplayers. But what gets me when you go down the escalators mm-hmm. to the main floor? Oh yeah! And right when you get there, you see all the vendors, yep. you see all the cosplayers, and you see the hall of shadows. I had a, had, a, had a panic attack last time I was there. Yeah. But what is it? What is it? The, the vibe, the energy is—is is it just because everyone's so excited to be there? The community is one because it's it's representation of who we are. And we're brought together as family. What is it? What yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. You're you're on you're on the nose. Okay. I, I think it's. It's the, uh, and, and I've said this analogy, everybody that's ever heard me on a podcast has heard this analogy. It's the island of misfit toys, right? And we've all come home. And like I said earlier, for the first time in years, this will be somebody's first outing. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people coming out to this that haven't been in big crowds or do an event mm-hmm. since Corona. And, um, no, but there's always been, there's always been an, an almost tangible something in the air, right? It's an electricity mm-hmm. that you can almost grab. You can't quite see it, but the, it's there and you can feel it. That literally, and I'm not just blowing smoke because it's midsummer, but I, you just don't feel it at other shows. And I'm not knocking other shows. I'm just saying it just, it feels different. And I think it's just because you have thousands of people there that are one and the same. 
you know we all pretty much vibe on the same things we all pretty much love the same characters we pretty much were all the fucked up kids that weren't afraid of haunted houses and stuff when we were little kids you know that kind of thing where we're all kind of vibing we're all on we're we're, we're the we're, we're the borg right where this is our this is our hive we're the hive mind right so it's like stranger things right it's the hive mentality and we're all on the upside down for the weekend mm-hmm. so i think that that and i think that this year that's going to be so much more amplified just because of all the pent-up you know just let's Wait. get out and do this and so finally we're doing this see so. this would have been the perfect year for like the um commemorative like rick west Trick or treat mask. Oh my god! Oh, this yeah. would have been no. I'm just saying. I, I love this idea. Dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, great. That's <laughs> no, fantastic. It's, it's it's exactly true what you just what you saying. I haven't started doing haunt conventions until I moved here to to Southern California in 2018. Where'd you move from? Uh, the Bay Area. Okay. And so you know, there's a little bit of haunt stuff there. But there's no, some stuff up there. Lot. Pirates of Emerson. Pirates of Emerson. A fantastic haunt. Yep, up yep. there. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, this is there's nothing like and you can attest to this because I always say it and people are like, yeah, we've heard it before. But you can you can attest to this. There is no place like Southern California exactly. oh, for, sure. for the haunt stuff. Yeah. It's not California because it's not it's not in the Bay Area. And you would think with all the creativity and freedoms up in the Bay Area that Halloween would be nuts. And it's not. It's not. It's, not. it's mm-hmm. right here. This is the epicenter. I think it's because this is Hollywood and this is where kind of the 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 American horror genre was was born here at Universal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the you know, the apples don't fall far from the tree. And so you have all the people that work in the industry. They go home and suddenly they're haunters and they're taking the tricks of their trade to their home haunts. You just don't have that anywhere else literally in the world. And so I think that that is definitely something that you're starting to see here. Yeah. And on top of that, like, uh, yeah, I've been to other horror conventions, obviously. And a lot, like, like, I lock them all. They're all fun. I've filmed a lot of them. But, like, you know, some of them I can take them and leave them. But when Midsummer is, like, not happening, that's a sad year. And yeah. the, Midsummer means a lot to me, too. Because, like, the first year that I went, 2018, uh, I did get to meet one of my YouTube heroes there. Uh, so that was really cool for the first time. And then the second year I went, I met this big chancho over here and my life changed forever after awesome. meeting him. Awesome. And like this wouldn't even be happening. And that, that all, like Midsummer has a real special place in my heart. And this is, there's something about the vibe there that's different. And I know other conventions are trying and doing their thing and they are, uh, but there's just something special. There's magic. Yeah. Midsummer. And it's not something that, um, you know, everything that we do with Midsummer is usually very deliberate. You know, especially when we find something that works, then yes, we will bring the Black Cat Lounge forever back to midsummer. You know, <laughs> when something works, it works. But we didn't sit around saying, okay, we're going to put all this together, but it has to have this magic vibe. I mean, you just don't, you know, right. that, that's not in your planning sauce, right? Mm. But when it happens, you're like, wow, what is that? And it's just the almost tangible, intangible community, electricity, and just literally the love in the air. Yeah. And and it's it's community. It's nothing that we do. It's community. We're just a conduit, right? We're, we're, it's the we could we could we could set up midsummer and open Hall of Shadows and open all of our stuff, and have no one come in. And it's it's just this dead thing. Yeah. It's when you guys come through the doors, your love and your support as a community. That's when the heart starts beating. You guys are the blood flow into this thing, and you're what makes midsummer a living, breathing thing every year. So it's it's that. It's that electricity that, that you bring, that fans bring, that look forward to Midsummer every year. You know, we have people that fly in literally from all over the world. 
that's crazy to come see this and people that love midsummer so much they've actually gotten our logo like tattooed permanently onto their bodies right wow. which is like mind-blowing to me um you just that is such dedication and that's something that we can't create we can't just you know set out and say okay we know we're gonna get people to make tattoos on themselves we just don't it's just it's it happens to be something that we've created that people love so much and vibe with so much that they're all in and that's just it's mind-blowing yeah there, there's so much going on um i still can't get that stupid mask out of my head oh my um, god <laughs> sorry i'm sorry rick <clears throat> there's so much going on with the hall of shadows all the home haunts um the screening room presented by horror buzz special guest panels like i don't even know where to start when we get there yeah you can't do it all there's no way in hell no i would have to sleep there like how do you <laughs> and that's one thing we do plan right we we've and we've established this before we plan midsummer so that you have to make some really really hard decisions mm. right really hard decisions and just the fact that we have a third day this year doesn't mean like oh good there's more cushion to see other things no we we will triple pack it then so that you have decisions to make from a to z that are going to kind of contradict each other and we want people to walk out going oh my god i didn't get to see this i really wanted to do this but i was busy doing this cool thing and man maybe if they do something like that next year we're going to do that too it's one of those things is you'd never want people sunday walking around going i don't know i've already seen everything what do you want to do we never never want to be that show you're constantly like checking on time. You're like, well, it's either I go to this panel yeah. or I go over here and experience this. Oh my God, we only got two hours to do this. Yep. And it, I've never felt like, eh, I've got my fill. Yeah. You know, but it's like, I feel like I need more time. Yeah. Yeah. No, we want people to leave feeling like, oh man, I could have done like a whole other day at this rather than walking out going, yeah, maybe we'll just do one day next year. Never. That's just not what we want you to do. We want you, we basically want you to, like, if you were to go to Disneyland for like six hours, <laughs> right? That's the situation where yep. you know you're not going to get to hit everything. So you better figure out what the big things are that you want to ride and do. And then you got to leave. And it's like, oh my God, well, okay, we'll be back for another Disneyland mm -hmm. visit, you know, mm -hmm. next year. So it's the same, same thing. And, and so we're, um, we're, we're not taking it easy on you guys. Well, I'm looking at what 300 plus vendors. Mm -hmm. uh, the 350, five, yeah, 350. It's the 50th anniversary. Uh, I'm excited for a lot of these. I'm not going to name all the special guests. Uh, my 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 man crush, Nick Castle, the original Boogeyman, mm -hmm. Michael Myers. Um, dude, the original Monster Kids panel <laughs> with yeah. um, guitar legend and horror fan Kurt Hammett from Metallica. Yeah, how did you guys fun. pull that off? Yeah, seriously. So that's an interesting story. Um, so original Monster Kids is something that I've like I said, I've been noodling on for about three or four years. And, um, you know, the pandemic came and obviously everything just kind of got shelved. And then when we started firing up our engines again, uh, you know, we, we had a meeting and talked about things we definitely wanted to do. And we had a lot of stuff planned for 2020. And, you know, 2020, we kind of had to cancel. Not kind of, we, we had to cancel. And we had all this stuff planned. So we then actually got, you know, Two more years basically to really kind of refine and look at that list and say well you know that's a really good idea let's continue with that and how do we plus that idea well this idea, you know, this idea needs to cook a little bit longer let's maybe put that on a back burner for maybe 23 or something and then it came up you know this monster kids thing came up and i said to david i said i would really like to go after this again and uh he said hey man if you if you think you can make it work 
Let, let's do it. Go, go after it. And um, long story short, because it is a long story, but it's a cool story, but it's a long story. Um, you know, I just reached out blindly. I didn't know any of these folks <laughs> from, from these famous families. And for those that are listening that are completely clueless as to what we're talking about, and that's totally cool, we're going to educate you right now. Uh, anybody that grows up into, like, monster movies and the horror stuff, we're all kind of called, you know, monster kids or spooky kids or whatever, mm. right? Monster kids... Um, that's just basically people that grew up with like the famous monsters of Filmland, you know, the, the, you know, the universal monsters, Fangoria, you know, and kind of grew into the community that we are today. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured there is original monster kids, which would have been the kids and grandkids of Karloff, Lugosi, Cheney, you know, and Price. Mm-hmm. Right. And the more I researched it, yes, they've been at conventions, and sometimes together at conventions, nobody, including like the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences, nobody has ever had these guys all, all on together. stage together talking collectively about growing up as the original monster kids nice. in these families, right? That are really not even horror royalty. It's it's pop culture and, and Hollywood and entertainment royalty, these yeah. families, right? And so I thought, well, we'll just... Uh, Get them on stage, and that'll be great. And then my my original vision for this was to have uh, Gilbert Gottfried as the, uh, the host and moderator, oh my right? Because Gilbert was legendary, and you know, I had I had a couple really cool email conversations with Dara, his wife, and he was so excited, and they were so thrilled that we reached out and and asked him that he would love to do this. But she said that they would be traveling at that time, and there's no that way they could make it work. And we went back and forth, and I was like, "Oh, come on, just we'll fly him here, and then we'll fly him right back to you. We won't damage him, I promise, you know, type of thing." And she said, "Oh, we just can't make it work." And then two weeks later, he was gone. Yeah. And so, in hindsight, I'm thinking that was just basically them knowing that he wasn't doing well physically, right? Mm. Which is very sad because we love Gilbert, and I really, really wanted him at Midsummer, and. So I thought, crap. And and for those, again, that don't know, Gilbert was like a huge monster kid. Huge monster kid. Knew this stuff. Has interviewed all these families on his podcast. I mean, knows this stuff like the back of his hand. He would have been beautiful. Wonderful. So we started looking at who else could moderate this because it's a very high profile presentation. I think it's personally, I feel like it's the most important thing that we've ever done at Midsummer, And... uh, David Markland actually was like, dude, I really, really, he, he's very respectful when I'm putting a panel together. You know, he's like, I'll let you do what you're going to do, but dude, please just consider Kirk Hammett. And he kept, he kept saying this to me. It was like the little devil on my shoulder. He kept saying, Kirk Hammett, Kirk Hammett, Kirk Hammett. And finally, I, 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 I texted him. I called him one day. I said, okay, listen, I said, who is this that you're talking about that you keep? And he's like, Kirk Hammett. And I'm like, okay, who's Kirk Hammett? And so the thing is, because I know people are listening going, what? I grew up Depeche Mode, Erasure, Oingo Boingo in the 80s. You know, the people that were listening to Metallica were the stoners in the drum line in our marching band. They were the ones that were really into Metallica. I I didn't know this. And he's like, dude, it's the lead guitarist for Metallica. And I'm like, Okay, well, that's really cool, but bridge this for me. Why would he come to Midsummer and why would we want him at Midsummer? Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, he's got like probably the biggest horror collection in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. 
And ironically, he is also interviewed by Gilbert Gottfried. So I went back and I listened to this interview with him. And 10 minutes in, I'm like, shit, this is it. it this, is, this would be perfect. And then you're sitting there going, well, how the hell do you get Kirk Hammett at your convention? We're the largest in the world of Halloween and horror convention. Mm-hmm. But still, how do you get something like that to, to your convention, right? And the thing that was really funny is we, we were trying to reach out to his people or whatever and, and not really getting anywhere. And at that time, I had, I had in, in I got to back it up a little bit, I, I cold, basically cold called all these families and said, hey, I'm Rick and this is our show and this is my idea for a panel. We'd really like to have you come, would you please? And the first person to respond, like almost right away, was Sarah Karloff. Wow. And she is just a freaking rock star she is she's she's more metal than anybody we could ever have she is like so amazing and she just like cracked the whip and got everybody like calling me and saying yes we're in you know she was like the catalyst that really like got everybody to say yeah yeah we'll do it and she said well who are you going to have host this and i i told her the gilbert godfrey thing and she thought that was a shame because she really really loved gilbert too she thought he was great and and I said, well, we're trying to get, you know, we, we were talking about Kirk Hammett. And she goes, oh, we love Kirk. I bet Kirk would do it. I'll reach out to them right now and have them get it. I was oh like, my God. holy wow. crap. And then I'm thinking, well, of, of course, then you would know. if you know. And literally the next morning, there's an email in my inbox from, from Kirk's representative. It's a big word. And um, saying, yeah, we're really interested. Let's talk. Wow. I was dude. like, holy shit. So Sarah has been like this. It's funny. I say she's the stealth weapon, but there's nothing stealth about her. She's like snaps her fingers and everybody jumps like bullfrog. She moves mountains, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so long story short, it all gelled. And Kirk is on a world tour right now. He's going to be flying in from this world tour to do this panel and then immediately back out dude that is sick. Oh, they, yeah. that is that is so cool so it's pretty crazy yeah the logistics involved are, are, are pretty gnarly and, and, and crazy um but it's it, it's great and uh you know he's got a really great relationship already with the families mm-hmm. and so it just kind of all fell into place and so that's just uh that's just the way that that happened. And I, I really do think that that's going to be... In 2019, we had our Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary panel, which was a big deal. Mm. And we had standing room only in, our, in the room. We had probably about 2,300 people, I guess, in, in, in the main stage room. And uh, I would be shocked if this isn't bigger than that at the end of the day. When you finally have all the fans that are in the house and realize, oh my God, this is a really big deal. I think that in the days leading up to midsummer, a lot of shift, a lot of a lot of attention shift is going to kind of fall on the Monster Kids presentation. That's kind of like the big, the big one, right? For us, at least in my opinion, that is. So I'm looking at the lineup. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Yeah, no. Uh, Ron Chaney, Ron Chaney is the grandson of Lon Chaney, grandson and great grandson of Junior and, and senior. senior. Yes, the Wolfman. That's. Mm. Yeah, yeah nuts, right? And the nicest guy, the nicest guy in really? the world. Wow. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope he transforms into a liking at the show. 
I don't want him to like rip off his clothes and like you know. You know, he's working on different projects, and he's going to talk about that during Ooh. during the panel, Ooh. where he's got different things in the work, and then we've actually got pictures of him in Wolfman makeup and, and stuff like that. Hmm. And Ooh. the thing that's crazy with these is a lot of the family resemblances are very strong, really, in these wow. folks. If you look at the pictures of some of them with with their their relatives, Victoria Price, it's pretty intense. Victoria. You look at Sarah. Sarah looks just I like that. I mean, yeah. she's, it's like she unmistakable, does. right? Yeah. Now, Emmanuel does a good Karloff voice. Oh. Oh, no, don't make me do that right now, please. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, no, so much fun. And, you know, that that is going to be one of the rare uh, occasions where I just, once in a blue moon, I will say, no, I want to see I want to see this panel in its entirety. So we that that that's that will be one that I will stay and watch the entire thing. Well, well, if I see, I won't bug you because we'll be there too. So. It, it's going to yeah. be great. I think everybody's going to be there. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, that that right. one's going to be really really good. Um, you know, we always do our executive welcome to everybody. Um, I think that we're going to do that before Monster Kids. So we will actually come with the entire group from the green room. You know, through back of house, and we'll come out on stage first. Then we go away, and then the monster kids will come out. So that's that's how that's going to go, dude. We 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 haven't even like talked about other stuff. Just, I know and this is insane, dude. It's, right? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. I can't get my, my my mind wrapped around the whole like monster kids. It's like we got to talk about Hall of Shadows. Yeah. Um, what haunts are we expecting this year in the Hall of Shadows? Well, well, we're expecting some returning favorites like okay. Reichland Asylum. Yes. Um, we have Fear Farm. They're coming back, which they're freaking awesome. If you came to Season Screamings, they did the giant gingerbread house with the giant gingy bread oh, man that, that was, was chasing cool. people around and just ridiculous. So much fun. They're coming back. Um, um, God, my, my mind's going to blank. But we, Cal Haunts, again, of course, is doing our, our entrance, which I said is, is the Midsummer Estates. Um, during season screamings, mm-hmm. we had Force of Nature Productions. They were the Christmas Scarolers. That was cool. Right? So they are going to kind of be the citizens of Midsummer Estates. They're going to be the Midsummer Estates Glee Club. And so they're going to be a weird cast of characters. That's going to be kind of like the Glee Club. Some of them may be like freaky, weird trick or treaters. Some will be kind of like some of the homeowners that aren't quite right, you know, type of thing. So, yeah. So they're going to do their thing. Plus, Force of Nature, they're going to be on our, we have a theater macabre. They're going to be on the stage in there Mm -hmm. uh, once a day doing, doing short, doing like little short uh, plays. And then they may even show up from time to time on the show. We have a very small stage on the show floor itself okay they may the the citizens from midsummer estates may make little appearances there also during the weekend so force of nature is back with us doing hollow shadow stuff and and other stuff so that's really exciting too um we have a brand new we have we have several brand new entrants uh to to the hall we have um uh straight to hail productions Hmm. which they're fantastic. They're out of uh, Rancho Cucamonga area, and we went to there last year for the first time. And dude, it's like pulling up on this side street, and suddenly you're in Ghost Town at Knotts. It was like unbelievable. It's wow. so good. I was like, we got out of the car, and I'm like, okay, well, I know who's going to be in the Hall of Shadows next year because <laughs> I'm going to like break arms to get them to come, you know. Mm-hmm. Be, and so they're going to be there. Um, God, there's so many. There, there's. Um, uh, God, my mind, of course, is is, is blanking now, but uh, it's so so much going on. They're going to be there. Um, Bones Gulch, yeah, which is so Bones Gulch is a combination of um, uh, the farm haunt, 
Tim Fowler, it, yeah. right? It, it's in 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 Greg and Pam's haunt um, uh, manor, which is which is my mind is blanking now. They're from Palmdale, right? Mm-hmm. And then also we have uh, Scott Sively, who did the Dark Realm, Beware the Dark Realm. Mm-hmm. For 50 years, he did that. That's insane. And it went away last year. And so the three of these guys have joined forces, and they're going to do Bones Gulch, which is going to be brand new up in Santa Clarita area, right? And so they have a little preview in the Hollow Shadows as well. Um, Gothic Hills will be back. Um, The Haunt with No Name Yet will be back with a display. We have our very first Northern California from from up north near the Bay Area. We have... um, the the witching hour hmm. they're a home haunt that is known for doing an outrageous um halloween as in john carpenter's halloween uh they do the whole myers facade with the shadow you know the shadow play show and everything interesting and so they're going to bring that facade and that's the first time we've ever had a haunt from northern california that's so cool come down yeah. and, and do something in the hall so dude it's jam-packed and then, like i said the decay brigade they're going to be there they're going to be doing three shows daily uh, on their runway there and uh dude it's just it's there's, it's non-stop there's so much going on i know um i chat with tim tim from the farm hunt here and yeah there, and he's just like well because he, he's the next episode after this one and he's like dude i can't do uh the weekends because i'm too busy i'll make whatever fits your schedule you know yeah and he's like well we'll do something online well, yeah for sure uh, he's a busy guy but i see they're constantly building <clears throat> non-stop excuse me yeah they're constantly building and just um i'm like you're a maniac oh so, yeah and they're building up there where it's hotter than the hubs of hell. I, I can't believe how much they got going on, but yeah. just, uh, the Hall of Shadows just sounds amazing this year. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, and it's it's really funny because every year when we do our walkthrough and I step into Hall C, it's the same place where it's been the past couple of years. Um, but when you step in, and this the space is almost 100,000 square feet. It's really big. And when you walk in and there's nothing in there, you stand there going how the hell are we going to fill this? Like, this is a big, big space, Mm -hmm. dude. Like, this space here is bigger than most conventions, period. You know, and and lo and behold, we are literally like Ian, like I've mentioned Ian Momi before, he he is our, like, AutoCAD Jesus. He is, like, so good with this stuff. Every square foot is literally accounted for in Hall of Shadows this year. To a point where we, we, we got everything so populated in there, we're looking at everything, and I'm like, okay, well, where's the bar? Because we usually have a theme bar in there. I was about to No ask space. That's true. That's no true. space. <laughs> and it's like, really? We can't even fit a bar in there. It's so packed, if you can imagine, in 100,000 square feet, there's like no room for a bar. So we, we, we have found a corner that's kind of like near, near the far, far end but it's like way out in the borderlands. It's not in the middle and it's not themed or anything this year. It's just going to be set up over there, but that's how full it is. And it's just crazy because it, I mean, it changed. It never changes. I always walk in and go, there's no way we can fill this. And then at the end we're like, Oh shit, I'm glad we don't have any. If, if we had one more haunt, we would have had problems because we wouldn't be able to fit it in. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Let's remember there's a corner bar in hollow shadows. Corner bar, corner bar hollow back. shadows. Got it. Rick yeah. told us. Right. Yeah, okay. cool. absolutely. Um, the Museum of Halloween. That's new this year. Yeah, yeah, that's brand new. Um, that's a David Marklin thing. He he kind of like sprung that on us, and uh, it sounds great. I mean, the idea was to have a walkthrough type experience where there would be just vintage Halloween from blow molds cool. to to you know old costumes, the Ben Cooper stuff, everything, including then people's original artwork. 
and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like turned into this weird combination of eclectic, weird, cool Halloween stuff. And you just kind of snake through it. It's several rooms. It's the breakout rooms off of the concourse. And it's, it's going to be great. I'm being a little vague because I'm not curating that. I'm not really involved in, in that. So when we see it installed, then I'll know no, exactly know what's in there. It'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a trick and treat for me, too. I noticed that the uh, Black Cat Lounge uh, has returned. You can yeah. drop uh, kittens. That's always a cool thing. Dude, always. Like, that that was something in 2016 when we started. That was just um, one of our one of our team members, Jackie Credderfield, is one of her ideas. She threw it out and said, why don't we do a rescue kitten thing? Mm. Because people like to, you know, like cats, and they like black cats, and it goes with our thing, our Black Cat logo, right, type mm. of thing. And we were like, sure, we'll give it a try. Why not? Oh my God, it became like the star attraction. Like the line for that is so long. You're like, folks, you've seen cats before, right? You know, just just show of hands. <laughs> we've all seen kittens, right? But you walk into this room and there's like a bajillion cute little kittens running and playing everywhere. And you just go in and you can love them. And, and the idea is hopefully they will get forever homes from this. And, and it's been very successful for us. It's been very successful, most importantly, for the cats mm. and uh it's just a returning favorite every year like we could have like the coolest lineup in the world but inevitably the, the second question if not the first is are the cats coming back is the cat lounge coming back so yes i think that it's fair to say that like the hall of shadows the cat lounge will constantly be part of midsummer scream no i'm, I'm a little naive are you allowed to take the cats home on the spot after you've done so I, I think so now I, I got to be careful how I answer this because I don't represent the organization, got it, right? Um, from my understanding, no. Okay. They want to do some sort of either home check or they want to do there. There's there's a process. Got it. To it, so they know that somebody's not coming in going, "Oh, I like a cat. I want a cat," and walk out with said cat. Got it. There's more to it than that. Okay. For they sure. got to make sure that the cat, I think, is probably it's got to be spayed and neutered. It's got to make sure it's got all the shots and all the stuff. It's, okay. The person has to be checked out and vetted or whatever. Now, have there been occasional um, exceptions to that rule? I think maybe just from what I've heard from over the years, but it's on a, a, a case by case. And so if you're coming to Midsummer thinking that you're gonna go home with a cat, you know, on Friday or Saturday. No. Not Friday, because I don't think the cat lounge is open. I think the, the black cat lounge is open, only gonna be open on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Um, chances are no. Uh, now, some people do take them home on Sunday afternoons. We have seen cats go home with people on Sunday afternoons. Mm. So that may be, but, okay. but, but people typically don't come in and turn right around and leave with a cat because they want to see the show too That's so true. there okay. is a process on both both ends okay, right got it so yeah 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 i wasn't too sure i'm like do we get to just take the cats home i, 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 I think that some people do on sunday afternoons but i think it is a case by case no it is. Okay. cases and you know what's really cool one of my favorite stories a couple years ago we had a little cat that i forget exactly what the issue was but um he was wearing a diaper because he was incontinent and he had trouble with his hindquarters or whatever and he was in the black cat lounge and I thought, that's really sweet, and it's also heartbreaking. And I'm thinking, crap, man, this just makes me sad because, you know, you walk in and there's all these other little, you know, healthy cats running around playing and everything. And I went in, I remember during the show, and I said, hey, the little the little disabled cat, what's going on? You know, how, how's he doing or whatever? And they're like, 
Well, he was the first one to go. Oh, wow. And so they told me, I said, really? And I got really excited. They said, oh, yeah, no, no. People come in and they look for special needs kitties. And those are the ones that go immediately. Really? Which is completely Hmm. counter to what I thought. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. People come in looking to take care of babies. So that made me feel great so that's just a little feel-good story that's cool that. That, yeah. that's very commendable someone to do that it's yeah, just, yeah super yeah. cool you man. gotta you gotta be yeah pet lovers yeah I'm, yeah yeah you're, you're you're a certain breed i'm a dog I, I love i'm more of a dog person i like cats as well gotcha <clears throat> but um I, i'm a firm believer they pick you you don't pick them oh yeah i mean i think all animals right yeah yeah all animals choose choose who they love and who they want to be with like, yeah, i'm coming absolutely. home with you i'm like oh, i guess i don't have a choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um the screaming room yeah short film festivals yeah none of them are really advertised they're just gonna be shown in there and also um yeah correct me if i'm wrong uh what's this buzz about uh the spirit halloween movie going on oh, yeah. yeah okay okay so first of all huge props to norm gidney yeah and horror buzz they've been our partner for years and norm handles all the short film festival stuff in the screaming room yeah so huge amount of work huge amount of videos that they have to vet and watch and so kudos to to norm and his team always a pleasure to have them there and norm is one of those people that that will pitch in above and beyond not just with the horror buzz stuff or the screaming room stuff anything that needs to be done he is always first person there to say what else can i help you guys with so huge love and props to norm and he's great um the Spirit Halloween thing, that's a David Marklin thing. He, okay. he, he went after them, and, and he's been talking to them for, for a bit about, you know, doing something to premiere the trailer or whatever at mm. Midsummer, And so he's he's been dealing with him them on that. And I think we've got it down to pretty much what's going to happen with that as far as like a panel or, or what it's going to be. It's kind of vague at this point because I'm actually reaching out to the team right now on stage one and two there are uh, spoken introductions that mm-hmm. introduce the panels. I write those every year. And so we have them pre-recorded. This year, we're, we're also having them pre-recorded. So I have to write them ahead of time. So I'm having to reach out to these people that I don't necessarily know what, what they're doing and kind of feel it out, you know, too. So I know what I'm writing. So uh-huh. I know what it sounds like. And so that that's actually one of them on the list because that, okay. that was a Marklin thing. And uh, it's like, yeah, Spirit Halloween, that, that's cool. And that's all I know, that's all I know until yeah. I until I talk okay, to them. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cool that it's a little it's a little secretive. Like there's just yeah. we we got a bit just a little appetizer. Like hey, this is yeah. what's going on. Everybody's oh my god, spread out me. There's an actual movie. Yeah, movie? yeah. I, I thought know. that was a spoof. I'm like, no, there's like, no, there's a real. Dog. Well, I didn't know until David told me. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of meta and weird, but yeah, that's cool. I, I forget the actor's name that played Doc Brown. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, he yeah. apparently he's coming out in the movie. Oh. I guess I don't know. Oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, uh, Doc Brown, Marty. Was, yeah, <laughs> right. It's a place for a scary Marty. <laughs> um, oh, I can't list all the, the special guests you guys. We're yeah, here yeah, for five, five hours. Um, I'm looking at um, cheese. James Jude Courtney, the the shape from the most current Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Nick Castle, the original Michael Myers. Yeah. Uh, we geeked out on this. Greg Nicotero, special effect legend, director. That's cool. Uh, Walking, Walking Dead. We've, dude, okay, so for Greg, we have, because we know that he goes to conventions. And it's always like, well, why doesn't it come to our convention? You know, type of thing. <laughs> and we've reached out to him for the past several shows, and he always wants to come, but he's always shooting mm. Walking Dead in Atlanta. 
Well, now there's a little bit of free time, and so he is available to come. To come, and so he, on Friday night he's going to be with Leanna Vamp on stage oh, two, nice. and they're going to record her podcast, and she's his guest. That's cool. He's her guest on her podcast as I hit all the equipment here. Don't worry about it. And so no, that's going to be really cool because like we've always wanted him, and not only is he coming, he's going to talk about his career and everything on stage, which will be really fun to kick off our stage presentations. When I was writing up the, the show notes for today, I was looking at the, uh, the the list of guests. I was like, we're going to be here for five hours. I'm going to lift everyone and everything that's going <laughs> right on. Here. So, dude, we've talked about so much. I think we're at a stopping point. Like, we, if I don't cut us off, we're going to be Break here. time. Break time, please. Break time, please. We're going to be here forever. This is episode 28 <laughs> with Rick West. Uh, we'll be right back. The Creepcast, hosted by Rick Creeper11. Don't you dare try to escape. The Creepcast with Rick Creeper shall return. Hey everybody, this is Rick Creeper 11 from the Creepcast Podcast. Once again, you're hearing my voice because we're talking about vampfangs.com. Yes, vampfangs.com. Vampfangs has been established since 1993 out of Salem, Massachusetts, New England's only vampire shop. That sounds kind of spooky. Host of the Endless Night Salem's Vampire Ball. I could speak about this personally because I've purchased things from them. Uh, some of the various haunts or like horror cosplay photo shoots that I've done, I've acquired my fangs, more importantly, my contacts, which are FDA compliant, approved, and verified from your eye doctor, is shipped here in the good old US of A. So they came through for me. I've had bad experiences with other companies where contacts weren't the greatest quality or they're shipped overseas so either they're really bad quality or just didn't arrive here on time so vampangs was definitely a lifesaver but they have other things as well i already mentioned special effect contacts they have special effect makeup fangs apparel sunglasses bags fragrances chokers you name it everything is based out of salem massachusetts and they've got a cool little store over there check them out vampangs.com online or at Vampangs official at Instagram. Tell them Rick Creeper sent you. You guys will love it. Trust me. Check them out. Vampangs official Instagram. Have a good one, guys. Take care. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? There is no escape from the Creepcast with Rick Creeper. <laughs> You're listening to the Creepcast. All right, we're back out of here. Episode 28 with Rick West. We're going to jump back into right away. Um, Let's revisit the Hall of Shadows. All right, let's. So um, some of the haunts. I know there's a there's a, how many haunts we have total in there. We have a lot, and you know what? It's really funny. Like 
I've lived and breathed this for months and months. And when you asked me, I don't I just like was a deer in the headlights with this it stuff. Happens. But we pulled up the trusty Midsummer Scream app, app. which is now available, available for iPhone and Androids at your app store. At your app store. Go Download now. Yeah, Download go. now. It's actually really cool because it comes in handy. You can plan your schedule. You can you can follow the the, the panels that you're gonna go to. And it, so it's really cool. You can leave comments. It, it, it's it's a cool little app. Um, David Markland found this out and it's used by different conventions and so we've been working with this team uh, it's the fan guru team That's and, cool. and we've been working with it and it's free it's on the app store and hey I use it you can use it too I heard it's like Pokemon Go if you see there's Rick West site little Rick West oh god yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, you them all. and you're like hey I saw him over here by the the, uh, uh, the popcorn vendor or yeah. whatever by the bar yeah the, by the, by bar. the bar by the bar in the back it's like there's a Rick one at every bar you go to there you yeah. find the Rick <laughs> it's like creature. a geotag remember that yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. how long did that last yeah. Yeah. See? next year you never know man there you go yeah, maybe could happen <laughs> um, so look so we pulled these up and I'm just I'm gonna blow through these because there's a lot of them and we're in like I don't know hour five now on the podcast um so uh bones gulch we talked about they're going to be there with their their western brand new western pro haunt that's cool. going to be up in the santa clarita area we have um cow haunts they're back again doing our midsummer estates the mm-hmm. entrance um then we have casa calaveras casa calaveras joined us first for season screamings last year in pasadena and this is fantastic this team they create this black light walkthrough that depicts this couple in the afterlife it's all like paper mache and stuff like that and it's all of the dia de los muertos uh mythology that's pretty cool and they're all you following this journey of this this husband and wife in the afterlife dia de los muertos style with different little vignettes and it's beautiful it's all you know of course handmade and i mean everything is handmade Handmade, but you know what i mean it's very very cool and very delicate and fragile and people loved it at season screamings so we're really excited to have them back for midsummer and uh definitely definitely walk through casa calaveras and it's it's very photo friendly because it's black light so all the colors pop so everybody out there with them them fancy iphones and stuff you're Mm -hmm. gonna get beautiful pictures uh it'll come out great nice it's wonderful we're excited to have them so we have corona haunt Mm -hmm. these guys are out of control they're they're always good no matter what they do whether they do their halloween thing christmas Christmas thing whatever they're doing is always good so we're very excited to have them in the Hall of Shadows. Um, uh, Decay Brigade, we talked about them. They're going to do their show three times a day. Uh, we were just out and saw their, their slider practice this last week. And uh, I just don't understand how the human body can do that. But then I have trouble getting it out of the car. So, <laughs> you know, kudos to all of them. They're, they're great. We have a company called Exquisite Corpse. They're going to be there for the first time as their as their company, and they're going to do kind of like a a, a backwoods swampy type haunt. That's pretty and cool. Yeah, it's it's actually I'm opening my app because I want to get this right. It's called Redwater Volume One. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I they bet there's going to be a volume start. two eventually. So uh, yeah, Fear Farm they're coming back and doing their thing. Nice. Uh, they are sending me pictures of their facade work, and it's like stupid. It's just crazy. This, they're going nuts on this facade it's going to be one of those that you walk in and you're like what the hell is that because it's really big Mm -hmm. and really imposing and and freaking awesome right uh gothic hills cemetery they'll be Mm -hmm. back again with with um they've had both display and walkthroughs so this year it's going to be a display type of thing of the the fitzroy uh you know uh 
cemetery uh not cemetery mausoleum mausoleum right that they have it's gonna be fantastic um we have a group called lights out they've been with us before yeah they have i remember they're, they're doing they're doing a, a, a you know an experience we'll call it called icon and so that'll be their um realm of shadow mm-hmm. they are returning they've been with us and they do fantastic job uh really really funny story from from years ago um I took Tony Baxter through the Hall of Shadows and the Realm of Shadow, they had this like ancient, it was like an Aztec temple or, or, or whatever it was there. And, and the whole thing was, don't look at the, don't look at the God straight in the face. Don't look in the eyes, right? Or and so we, I took Tony up to the front door, right? Right. This is, this is, is going. Oh yeah, no, this is amazing. The the person whoever was doing the spiel at the, at the front of the door didn't didn't know you know who Tony was yeah, who, exactly. who I was with. Sure. And so they gave the whole spiel about don't look at the god in the eye, you know. And 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 uh, you know Tony's like kind of heard that I've before. Heard you know, <laughs> that type of thing. It's not like I did that at Disney. And 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 and, and the, the person was like, you know, can you remember that? Can you handle that? And Tony's like pretty sure i can handle that it's like it's like the scene in in what is it in in uh, last crusade right where they're down in the sewers and it's and, and he says oh that's the ark of the covenant edged on the wall or whatever it's yeah. like are you sure he's like pretty, pretty sure, sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah it was that moment so it was it was actually i of that was people. like one of my favorite moments of, of of that year taking tony through like that uh so that's that's the the funny disney moment um reichland asylum they're gonna be back we love these guys santa anna haunt Chewy, yeah, dude, is coming, and I've just gotten to know Chewy, and and his crew is so excited, and they're going to bring it. They're going to bring it really hard, mm-hmm. and it's just we 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 love having home haunts. I mean, home haunts is my that's my favorite thing when it comes to Halloween. So the more home haunters we can get in there to really show the world their stuff, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. And I know that Chewy's going to show up, and his team is so excited can't wait to have them in there they're going to be great uh straight to hail we talked about Mm -hmm. they're also an old western theme uh our friends direct society they're going to be there of course um uh and i think there's this is like a japanese theme it's kind of like shadowlands at knots was it it's kind of like Mm -hmm. that that kind of thing right the very uh samurais so yeah there you there you go yes i have no idea what he just said but it sounded so rad okay so we have the haunt with no name they're gonna be back quail run carnival so a friend of mine longtime friend that i work with in the themed entertainment industry um he's also like the art art director on the goldberg show uh cory lawrence and he he does his thing at his home um, that's way out near Thousand Oaks, where he sets up like this old vintage, old timey carnival thing, at, and it's like games of chance hmm. at his house. And like he showed me pictures, and I was like, "Dude, that's got to be in the Hall of Shadows. That's like so on the nose, perfect with what we want at Midsummer." And so he's actually bringing a version of that. That's cool. So that the kids and everybody will be be able to play these game, this game of chance thing in the Hall of Shadows, and he's doing that, and that's going to be fantastic. And it's really funny because Corey's never done that before. And he's like, well, dude, this is going to be great. We're going to give away prizes. And I said, dude, you know how many people are going to come through, right? Like, you can't just bring a little box of prizes or a little bag of candy. I'm like, we're talking, we're looking at upwards of 50,000 people coming this Holy year. Holy shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it was one of those moments yeah. of like, this is a growth moment. We'll learn from this. But so I don't know what he's going to do. He may have abandoned that idea, but regardless 
it's gonna be fun to play these these handmade beautiful you know old vintage looking carnival type games of chance now can the can the big kids play this yeah he's gonna want everybody to it's gonna be i can't wait to see this it's gonna be fantastic and then we have the witching hour which is gonna be the michael myers uh halloween facade dude so cool and their stuff is like so legit you can go on youtube and 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 type it out witching hour and then but it's it's their last name is hour so it is a u e r okay is the way it is ah. and so you just type that in on, on hb on, on hb on on youtube and and it comes up and it's freaking awesome hmm. it's really really great so that in a nutshell is everybody that's in the hall of shadows Dude, that is that's a lot of haunts that's a lot it's, it's one two three four five six seven count with me eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen okay so it looks like sixteen unless i miscounted which is a lot because i think the most we've had in recent years is like or ever is like 12 or 13 oh, we're gonna so have to spend there's more stuff in there yeah. Oh, yeah 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 <clears throat> um, geez what about some of these panels we got going on <sighs> dude it's never ending 17th door is joining us yes which is going to be great um now 17th door if people don't know is a haunt that's in where they're fortin now yes. it's fortin city fortin um for those unfamiliar with southern california like we're one big mass here that just like flows from one city into another there's no like rural between cities it's like one big mass down here so i always just think of it's like central orange county but yes it's fullerton is where they are Mm -hmm. and uh they robbie who is the owner he doesn't particularly like to be in the spotlight on things like that. And I've had a relationship with them for, for well, since they began, really. And uh, they actually have produced a brand new show called Spook Show 17. Mm-hmm. And it's a behind-the-scenes look at how they create the 17th door. And so we're going to have uh, some of those folks there, including Robbie and Heather Luther, the owners of of 17th door and they're going to show a clip a pretty long clip of the first episode mm-hmm. of spook show 17 and then they're going to have a panel discussion about that and just basically what it takes to bring on the intense insanity that is 17th door um you know 17th door not everybody's cup of tea mm-hmm. it's a very intense attraction where you're talking about live cockroaches no thank you and you're talking about <laughs> electric shocks that are painful no water thank you effects, no thanks. water effects you you'll get drowned in a sewer you know all sorts of mm. things it's 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 nuts but what these guys do is really just like next level whether it's your cup of tea or not you have to admire the the mad genius that goes into creating these these rooms that that revolve and turn while you're in them or or sewers that fill up with water as you're you know sliding through them on your belly and just the stuff that you just don't find in in haunted houses anywhere Mm. i mean they're doing it giant ball pits that you're thrown off the quote-unquote roof into you know into the blackness yeah it's just insane the stuff that these guys do so they're all going to be on stage talking about this and a longtime friend of mine is mike williams um dusty from he for decades he was at not scary farm Mm -hmm. as dusty geezer in in ghost town and he was my he was my favorite haunt monster of Mm -hmm. all time at knots and so uh when i was talking to heather about you know putting this presentation together uh we were talking about well who's who's going to moderate this and um you know we just whittled it down to it's 
Dusty. I mean, I was like, well, Dusty works at 17th mm-hmm. Door very often as, as one of the characters. And Dusty's probably one of the only people in the world that can keep Robbie in check, <laughs> you know, on stage and keep that boy reined in because Robbie's kind of a madman. Um, and I, I think it's going to be great. I think that Mike's banter on stage with them is going to be great because they're friends and he knows the product inside and out, literally. And so and I think that's going to be a wonderful presentation. I um, had the honor and privilege to work with Dusty. Super cool, dude. Really he's great. nice. Um, I love him. He's he's insane. He's insane. I love him. Um, madman mm-hmm. energy. And I worked with him at Horror World with uh, for Larry Bones doing the uh, what was it? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre experience they had in Ranch Cucamonga last mm-hmm. year. Really nice guy. Oh, he's he's insane. You can go on YouTube and find old videos. A lot of he's he's in a lot of the old TPA stuff. But I mean, I can't tell you how many nights I went specifically to shoot different things at Haunt when I was doing TPA that I would literally burn the entire night just sitting there watching him watching mess him. with people in Ghost Town because I just I couldn't get past it. And then when I was past it, I would be like in I would be like in Silver Bullet Mine Town which was the zone adjacent to it. And I'm recording, and all of a sudden you hear, beep, 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 beep. And it's Mike walking backwards with the beeper going on his bullhorn, like he's backing up through the scare zone. Just like, where the hell did that come from? And they, now, Haunt has evolved, and it's, that, to me, that was like the golden age right. of Haunt. And I was very, I feel very fortunate that I was there to be right. kind of at the epicenter of all that and documenting it and seeing it. Uh-huh. And because there's just no way that that could happen now. Yeah. They, it's very corporate now and it's just, it's just a different animal. It's, it's evolved into a different thing now. And so there could never be another Dusty, you yeah. know, there again. But God, it's just, and it's, so it's great because I, you know, I, I don't see him that often. I haven't seen him for several years and he's never been to Midsummer at all. Really? So, oh, oh, see, I, look, I purposely said I was going to turn my phone off and then I turned it on because of the app, <laughs> which is available on the Android and Apple the app store. store. Um, <laughs> and then the damn phone goes off. So it's going to be great to see, to see Mike at, at Midsummer. It makes sense that he's the um, moderator of that. Yeah, panel. absolutely. I mean, sense. absolutely. No brainer. So let's talk about this party that we're having in Midsummer. Oh my God, let's. So the the funny thing is you would think that a party would be, when you're talking about something, the, the, the totality of Midsummer Scream, you'd think that the party would be kind of the easy. That's the low-hanging fruit, right? For years, we struggled. The party was just like always so hard to put together. We didn't know exactly what it wanted to be one year we had it on the queen mary and that didn't work out very well and just the idea was anybody can throw a party but when midsummer scream throws a party what does that look like what does that want to be and so in 20 as when we were planning 2019 david came to the team we have executive meetings and and david came and said okay look i've got my party pitch and i want you to hear me out and I'm thinking, okay, bring it, man. This has got to be good. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it, it became what the party was in 2019, mm-hmm. which we call Midsummer Scream After Dark. And it's not just a party. Yes, we have the DJ, we have the lights and, and the bars and all that stuff. But we also activate the different breakout rooms and parts of the, sh- you know, like the second stage. We had a, a movie screening with commentary mm-hmm. and it just became a thing. We had we had the the theater macabre was open and we had um, 
we had like naughty naughty magician you know stuff in there <laughs> adult adult type humor and everything because it's a party it's a it's adult geared toward towards adults we don't say kids can't come but it's not really recommended for kids because yeah, there's yeah. a lot of booze people are partying they're doing a they're adulting right yeah, yeah. and and this community certainly knows how to party so there is that um but it was really successful I mean, everybody was buzzing afterwards about how cool the party finally was at midsummer. So we knew coming back, well, we've got to continue to better that. So what are what are we going to do? And, you know, uh, we know that we had to bring cool music back. So Lovecraft is actually doing they're doing the DJ and and running the program for the entertainment and music for that. Um, We brought Jeff Scheffelbein. Uh, from Sinister Point. Mm-hmm. He's coming in and he's doing some of our scenic for the party. And uh, we wanted, uh, our, our earlier talks were, we knew that we wanted it to be something along the lines of Halloween in Haddonfield. And David thought that was a little bit too on the nose. And so he noodled on it a little bit and he came back to me. He goes, okay, how about this? Deadly Disco. Now, at first, I'm thinking... Not a super fan of disco. So the minute I hear anything with disco in it, I'm kind of like, you know what I mean? <laughs> staying alive, staying alive. Mm. Not exactly a Bee Gees fan, you know? So it's like, yeah, our our team, our, our community <laughs> and Bee Gees and Donna Summer and, and Jesus, I don't know about that. But he said, listen, it's going to be all types of music. This is just kind of the overlying theme. And then he told me what he wanted as the theme. And he said, now write a cool backstory within these guidelines. So here's the pitch, and it's pretty freaking perfect. Deadly Disco takes place, it's Haddonfield, 1978. Okay. And the Deadly Disco is where all the adults go to party after trick-or-treating is over, and all the kids are at home safe with their babysitters. Strodrility and stuff like that presents this 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 disco every year, and of course it's seventy eight, so it's disco, right? Uh-huh. So it's this dance that everybody's going to a costume party, basically, and then it also has the underlying, not so much underlying, because it's going to be really cool stuff everywhere with photo ops and games uh, based on John Carpenter's Halloween. That's pretty cool. And so, in addition to that, in keeping in step with what we really landed on in twenty nineteen. One of the breakout rooms will become an adult lounge called the Rabbit in Red. And so there'll be like burlesque stuff in there and it'll be a bar in there, you know, loungy atmosphere. Um, Downstairs on stage two, we're going to have the screening of Carpenter's 78 Halloween. And we're going to have Nick Castle and PJ Souls. And they're going to uh, commentary throughout that's the cool. film that is cool. that's pretty cool and that'll be totally, totally cool right <laughs> so we, we, we i i think that that is just i think it's gonna be a home run i think it's it, that is just like to me that's that checks all the boxes man i'm like so happy anything halloween because that's my favorite horror film of all time me too same here and so the minute you say yeah we're gonna incorporate halloween stuff into this like i'm all in i told david i said look as long as we can do the halloween theme whatever we want to call it I'm all in. And actually, Deadly Disco has really grown on me because I know that it's not going to be just disco music. Right. Um, But it fits. It's the time. Of course, I mean, the theming couldn't be more perfect. It's what it was in the 70s. It was disco. So, uh, no, I I think it's wonderful. It's going to be fantastic. 
And what night is the party happening? Reminder. Saturday. Saturday. Night. That Saturday night starts at eight o'clock. If you have a gold bat pass, it gets you in. Mm. Um, you can also, as long as you have a ticket to one of the days or the whole weekend or whatever, you can also buy uh, on the website. You can buy. You can buy for Deadly Disco, and it's fun. It's fun, but you got to be careful because if it's too much fun, Sunday day. morning's a bitch. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a great time. We want everybody to come out. It's gonna be it's gonna be packed because I mean everybody last year was I mean see there we go last year in yeah. 2019 <laughs> everybody was raving about how cool and how much fun they had at the party. So and that was you know David Markland really kind of pushed us to create something that was up and beyond just a regular party you know and so we've landed on the formula and that's what we're sticking with i'm looking forward to this just because whoops um as soon as you said halloween I'm yeah sad. oh the, yeah right and some of the details you, you shared and i was just yeah. like wow that's pretty cool like the screening room burlesque rabbit and red that's a reference to the movie yep yeah uh yeah i'm all about it dude yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be we're couple, really excited couple, about couple it cocktails a little halloween mm-hmm. was 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 thought put into the fact that like the hall of shadows is already kind of like neighborhood trick-or-treat themed and then the party is themed after halloween so the interesting thing is like when we were planning uh 2020 actually uh that's when we decided we were going to do the trick-or-treating uh aspect of it with um cow haunts and all that and that just obviously got put on hold so that carried over um we did not plan on having the myers house until you know we started filling up the hall of shadows you know this year Mm -hmm. for things uh or actually last you know it would have been last year but um no, it's just kind of all fell into place. We know that we wanted to, for our fifth anniversary, we really wanted to return to our um, roots, which basically is vintage Halloween, right? It goes in with our graphics package that we use. Um, it goes back to our childhood love of trick-or-treating, of putting on really bad, you know, dime store, you know, costumes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's really the return we're making. And then just plussing on top of that. That. And you can't talk about Halloween comes home without it being Halloween comes home on multiple levels. Sure, it just seems all cohesive. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Off the subject, I just received a text from Bill Galvin from the Whole House Haunt, and he says hello. Oh, he says I'll see you in thirty days, buddy. It's two weeks. <laughs> he says hi. Um, what about some of the? Um, the big haunts, the big parts. So are we having some panels for them, announcements? We have uh, Halloween Horror Nights okay. is returning. And uh, that's it's great. They, they are a great partner. They've been with us since the very beginning. And they totally get the value of connecting with the community. Because let's face it, they don't need to show up at Midsummer Scream to be popular. You know, they're going to sell out every night, no matter what they do, but they feel that it's very important to be present with the community and with the fans. Mm -hmm. And the fans certainly love John Murdy, so he's coming in from Ireland. He lives in Ireland, and so he's coming in to do the panel presentation, and he's going to drop his knowledge like he does uh, and kind of share some secrets uh, for Halloween Horror Nights, which will just then begin just literally weeks 
almost a few, you know, just right. pre- just a few weeks, you know, after Midsummer. It seems like there's pretty soon Halloween Horror Nights is going to start in May. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll be doing we'll be doing like the post mortem on Halloween right. Horror Nights eventually. You know, with Midsummer, but uh, no. So we're excited to have John. He's always a great friend and a fantastic guest. And let's face it, they they pack the room, they pack the main stage, and people just can't get enough of Horror Nights. And I think that there's a lot of buzz already about Horror Nights this year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm uh, looking forward to having him come and uh, reveal some more things. What's going on with this uh, Shacktober event? Oh, man. Okay, so that is uh, that's something that 13th Floor Entertainment Group, okay. they have uh, been working with Shack on this, mm-hmm. and they are taking over the outdoor area of the Queen Mary, mm-hmm. uh, which has been you know closed for a long time during COVID, and um, you know that 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 whole saga of the ship is belongs to Long Beach now, and now Long Beach has found another group that's going to take it over and all this stuff. So, long story short. Shacktober, which is obviously Shaquille O'Neal, um, he loves doing like community festivals and, and carnivals and things like that. And he's a, ha- a Halloween fan, so he approached them and said, "Hey, let's let's do this, you know, whatever." And that's how Shacktober becomes a thing, um, which is really interesting because like people's reactions were very mixed online. Like like people are like. Yeah, but what about Dark Harbor? It's like, well, okay, this is first of all a different company. This, this different company, dude. It's like, not David Wall. Yeah, yeah exactly it's a different company. It, the ship is not involved, so it would be a pretty truncated, you know, Dark Harbor. Just you know, on the outside portion, there's no mazes on the ship or anything. So it's it's just a different thing, and so uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, one more Halloween thing in Southern California. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad thing. I don't know. Especially since we lost Dark Harbor. You know, and I don't know that it's going to come back. We don't know what the future or the fate of the ship is. We don't know exactly what's going to go on with that property. Mm-hmm. The new owners may not want that, you know, on the show. Who knows? Like, we, we, we don't know. So, um, no, I think anything that's coming our way that's new, that's something to be celebrated. And so I'm just excited as everybody else to see what 13th Floor has to say about that. I've been walking around all week, so this is Shaq. I like I like October. Yeah, I like Halloween. <laughs> I, I, I'm coming out of Long Beach. That's a horrible Shaq impression. I've been doing it all week. I like I like Halloween. It's just, so it's going to be fun. It's, you know what? It's going to be fun, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have have planned for that. I know you're the king of the home haunts. Are we planning to do the the whole gambit this year with all the home haunts after, during haunt season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we uh, we saw quite a few last year, and. We even went back to New Orleans again uh, during Halloween last year to see some things. And uh, this year, I know we're going to be all over Southern California. I know that we are going to be in Vegas twice in October, back to back. Uh, So we'll see some things in Vegas as well. uh, yeah, so as, as you know, God willing, as long as my my health is 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 getting better and better, and uh, home haunters do their thing, we will be there just like I've always been. You know, just to to support them and kind of scout out who who would be great in the Hall of Shadows for next year. And uh, Nova loves this stuff too, and she helps me plot and plan our our outings. And uh, 
it's a wild, wild ride, but we're ready for it. I mean, that's my, like I said, that's my favorite part of Halloween, the home haunts, man. Mm-hmm. That That's, give me, yeah, I love the theme park stuff, but boy, give me a house with the lights turned out, mm-hmm. with the spooky black light on, and the, and the thrilling, chilling sounds of the haunted house playing, <laughs> wow. you know, on a record. And dude, we are good to go. That's like, that's Halloween to me. That's my favorite. Yeah, so, dude, I'm all about, I, Nova can tell you, I get so excited when we're planning our, and it's not just like going around the neighborhood to see what we can see. We are all over Southern California. Like we will drive from Burbank to Compton to Rancho Cucamonga mm-hmm. to Redlands. I mean, we will be all over the Southland and, and that's one night, you know? So it's, it's insanity, the stuff that we plan out. So last year we were both working, myself and Emmanuel were working Pirates Cave. Okay. And uh, Jacob Larson. Love them. Uh, who's a genius 18 year old genius he comes through and he's like hey heads up uh, Rick West is here <laughs> and then we're both like this yeah. we're like really <laughs> and then just I, we remember you guys came through you're right like then. quick put on the Rick West mask right <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> walk in and the whole out, thing is gonna be Rick West huh? like, what the hell I oh, picture like the God. Mike Myers mask but it's a Rick West right. yeah, 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 it's yeah, gonna be West eyes. World mm-hmm. is what it will be right? see yes so you, yeah we remember you came through I think we made fun of you about like how did he get in the maze with? I mean, no, the mine with shorts and shorts on. Something. Yeah, like see, yeah, we picked on everybody. So. Oh yeah, no, it's great, and that's the thing that's funny. Um, I mean, I'm used to it, but it, it it's one of those weird fourth wall things because inevitably you go to a haunt, and rather than the monsters doing. They're like Rick, you know, type of thing. It's kind of, kind of weird. Kind of pulls you out of this, but you know, it happens and it's fun. And you know, the fact that the community, you know, knows that we're there and supporting them, and that's very important to me. You know, you can walk, you can talk the talk all you want, but you got to really walk that walk. And I think we do pretty good at that. We we we're like Santa. We're like Santa in the black sleigh, the the evil sleigh on Christmas Eve. You know, going all over the way, visiting all the haunts. That's kind of like what we are when we're plotting and planning our you know it's a big our trips. Big yeah, to feel. it's pretty crazy. So we're gonna we're gonna change gears and we're gonna talk about something. A recent rabbit hole the two of you have gone down. Uh oh. Um, I might be partially at fault. Mm. Part, yeah, um, that, that tends to go around. It's 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 a nice hobby. Yeah, it could be time consuming. It could be um, very. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I I don't know. <laughs> it, it's not, not time consuming, but you could be um, involving. Oh, I would say life consuming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have recently bought some books, some dice. I, I'll get the occasional text. Hey, I got a question for you. Yeah, and he's what's the difference between a, a mountain dwarf and a hill dwarf? I'm like, yep. Well, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, how did this happen, dude? So you know, and again, here's the next thirty minutes of the podcast. <laughs> so, in growing up, uh, you know, I grew up in the '70s and then was a teenager in the '80s. So you know, I was very keenly aware of the very satanic game of of Dungeons and Dragons, okay. all of that, and you played that listening to your backmask records, and um, you know we were aware of it. We had friends that played it. I maybe rolled a character or two, but never really was in a like serious campaign, um, because what happened was. Very early on uh, with me, it would have been actually 
in uh, God, it was elementary school. It was very early in elementary school, probably let's say fourth grade, fifth grade ish. Um, a teacher of ours had an Apple IIe computer in class. And if you got done with your work, your reward was you could go play one of the games that was on the Apple IIe. Now, the Apple IIe back then, the games were very simple. There, And there, most people will be like, this is where we're fast forwarding this. And other people are going to be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <clears throat> right. So it was like Lemonade Stand. It was Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Right. Oh it was Oregon Trail. And then they had this graphic game by this company called Sierra. It was called The Wizard and the Princess. And it was basically, you know, not even 8-bit graphics. I mean, it was like horrifyingly bad. You know, the graphics, when you look at it now, you're like, that looks like a light bright board. You know, it was not very high resolution at all. And it's like, you're standing in the desert. And then there's just the prompt. And you say, W for West or N for North, or Run, or, you know, whatever. You had to input commands, and then it would take you to your new screen. And it was basically an adventure game that had really rudimentary graphics, but it was a full-on story, and I had never seen anything like that before. Until then, it was all about ordering your, your you know, book club thing when they would come, the bookmobile, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd order all the choose-your-own-adventure books and all yeah. that shit, right? Yeah. So when I started playing this, it was like a whole door to a new universe opened. Mm -hmm. And then there was, this was in Irvine, there was a computer store in, in Woodbridge where I grew up and it was called the computer, it was, the store was called the Computer and I. And you could go in and you could rent hourly time on the computers and they had all these games. They had games like Wizardry mm -hmm. and Zork mm -hmm. and Cranston Manor, and then uh, a million other things from the Dark Crystal to Time Zone that had like 12 discs. And we're talking the big floppy disk. It was just like, oh my God, I could for go forever on this. There's a great book that you once upon a time could buy on Amazon UK. Don't know if it's still for sale, but it is a, I just showed Nova. It, it's, it's this huge, I should have brought it tonight, damn it. It's this huge book. It's literally like three inches thick. It's an entire catalog uh, and a story, a historical of all the Sierra games, all the point and click games and all those these games. That's cool. And it's like my childhood in this in this book. And so I went down that rabbit hole. And so I got into the computer gaming and we found, you know, wizardry and wizardry was just all like there was we're talking not even graphics. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, it wasn't even graphics. It's like when you when you draw, what is it when you draw pictures on your phone using like the equals sign and all that stuff? Oh, right? Like the ASCII, ASCII art. Yeah. It was like ASCII art. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you come to a door and you're like you type in open door and it says there are five scruffy men. They draw short swords, you know, and then you have this combat, this turn-based combat thing, uh -huh. right? And so I did that, and then came Atari with Adventure, and then, you know, my friend got Intellivision, and they had Dungeons and Dragons on Intellivision, right? Yep. Had that. And, right? And then there was the one loser kid on the block that had Odyssey that had nothing. <laughs> and then came ColecoVision oh with Venture. And, and, and stuff like this on it. And then I got into the Trash 80 from Radio Shack. And they had adventure games that you would buy. And it wasn't a disc drive. They were on cassette tapes. 
and you'd hook that to the computer and it sounded mm-hmm. like an old like fax machine right all word-based and then i started writing my own word-based and then you know i grew up an indiana jones kid so i started writing indiana jones adventures on these things and then tsr came out with the indiana jones role-playing game i remember that bought all that shit bought all the campaigns bought figurines painted them realized very quickly i'm not a painter i'm not artistic like that because they all look horrifying and uh we 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 played that a little bit but there was not like a lot of kids that wanted to play that so it kind of like eventually i guess probably got thrown out which sucks because now that i want to buy all that stuff again it's really expensive to buy it in mint condition and i had it all and i hate that um fast forward to now where i probably four nights four four nights a week just to to chill out i'll play elder scrolls online on the ps5 you know and i love rpg games and you know of course the resurgence of dungeons and dragons was no you know huge thanks to to stranger things mm-hmm. um just kind of got us thinking I, and like the more you hear people talking on podcasts it's like a who's who of people that they're into D D. yeah and you're like holy shit this is not just like some garage thing for nerds you know anymore and i say that proudly because i'm definitely a nerd mm-hmm. um everybody seems to be playing this stuff yeah. you know and so i just started talking to nova i said well this would be kind of fun to do and uh she agreed and so knowing that you play and i started asking questions and before you know it we have the player's handbook and mm-hmm. we have our we're it got really serious when we picked out our first dice sets so, <laughs> so you that, never forget your first now yeah now you know it's really really serious because we bought our own little dice sets um yeah and so we're we're ready we're we're all in between the two of you yeah i think rick's gonna be the dice goblin i don't know maybe maybe it starts with one set then you buy another set and you're like oh there's a cell over here oh this mystery pack has 30 dice well i need this dice for this campaign and pretty soon you have a, a backpack full of different dice and this is what i do you'll have them all lined up in front of you mm-hmm. and you're like well this one i used because these are good luck uh but then this one as well and I, he ask him when he when he's the dm and i play in his campaigns i'll literally i have six sets of dice oh yeah he lays them all out and then when, <laughs> very when I, overwhelming when I use them, I have to put them back. Yeah, it, it it's it's the D twenty all the way to the D four. They have to be this certain way. Okay, and like I have my character sheet, and the other players, I'm like, hey, I need my space. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm that guy. Like I have I have a pen yeah. and a pencil, and I have my notepad. Yep, and then I have the player's handbook with um different post it colors. Yes, post it notes are coming because I, I can see that already. It's, yes, it's not just like my ranger it's yeah. my cleric then it's this oh i gotta go to the racial feats and, and you have to I, look up your spells all sorts of things right oh, then i have uh flash cards that they make they're the spell cards it, i have to literally have my own table mm-hmm. and then when he's like when we're playing i'm i'm, I'm two steps ahead i'm like well i could do the bowl rick's shooting his bow nova's getting a spell ready i'm gonna i'm gonna cast sleet storm and so by the time it gets to my turn i'm gonna do this and the dm's like what does i do again um, what's in the player's handbook that's another rabbit hole but uh-huh. i'm that guy i have to have everything prepped dude i can see this and i and i know it's a, it's an endless <laughs> rabbit hole i don't know about the dice goblin thing because a certain somebody was looking at hello kitty dice we were looking at <laughs> dice that had little rubber duckies in the middle of them oh, seen those yes we're looking at sparkly crystal dice 
with hot, yeah, hearts. Well, Valentine's Day, there you go. Dude, so I don't know. I'm thinking this may be the the dice goblin over here. I'm going to send you a link to Kraken Dice. Kraken Dice. I got some pretty cool dice. I have it on good authority. We're about to get a new set of dice as well. Really? In a couple of weeks. Well, there you go. We have a boys road trip coming up next weekend. Um, where it's a game he started. It was a one shot, just like a one shot. Like, and then the, the campaign continued. Okay. So this this world has grown. Yeah. He's an amazing dun- uh, dun- uh, dungeon master. That's great. That's cool. And it's he fun. does. He's like, hello. And with all yeah, the yeah. Of course. You guys made amazing characters. That's why the story continued. Because like your characters like wanted to keep going. Well, dude, we, yeah, that's we, awesome. Um, but the point of this, everyone's sitting here. I'd love to have back. And we're going to do uh, maybe like a monthly campaign. Hell yeah. And then once you guys move, we could play online as well. Dude, absolutely. Whatever questions. And, and, and Or we could be here. Hello, it's only a three and a half hour drive. Yeah. Which some people are listening going, God damn. And for people that live here, like, well, yeah, that's like from L.A. to Orange County <laughs> on, a, on an afternoon. So it's not that far. We're, and we're going to be back and forth all the time. So I think we would be back here in person for that. And I know I'm going to. I think you told me you want to play a dwarf. I yeah I'm usually dwarn uh, I'm usually drawn to the dwarven characters. Um, I love having the two the the big two handed battle axes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, dude, I can totally hear myself getting into it and, and doing. The problem is, anytime I do like a dwarf voice, I sound like Gimli. That's okay. And it's like that. all I can That's think a- of is Jesus God. It sounds like John Rice Davies. You know when it, when he does this, I'm not a dwarf. Mm-hmm. You know. That's okay. I love it. You know, I, I do a horrible. Um, I have a character. He's a uh, an elf, but he's like this Spaniard pirate. Okay, and, yeah, and he's like a swashbuckler, a swashbuckler who's like Zorro esque. Okay, and, and 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 he has like five different last names, mm-hmm. and he's like this self appointed ladies' man, but he's not really. He's just like some BSer. But I do like this horrible, just like this accent, and then I do another guy. He's like an Eastern European accent. My my <laughs> ranger. Fair. Which uh, oh 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 yeah 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 and yeah. then cool. and then my and my dwarf is just like this horrible English accent. It's just yeah. see, but everybody likes the Fattiest voice though. Yeah, it's but uh, that's his name, Fattiest. That's but, hilarious. Uh, did we play? We play every other week online, and we're gonna play his campaign. But I'll love to have you guys come back. Yeah, I know off mic, great, right? off mic, he has some questions, and we'll we'll spend yeah, another, God, another, yes, another two hours talking. One question begets three other questions. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm glad it, it's it's a fun hobby. It's a yeah. creative hobby. You, sir, I think will be an amazing dungeon master. I think eventually, because because I mean I'm a storyteller. Exactly. I do it professionally. Yes. So I, I think that uh, being a DM, there are a lot of really like not even parallels. It's like right on the nose with with those that don't know. For themed entertainment, uh, when I'm not working on midsummer shows, I'm, I'm a I'm a creative director and show writer, mm. creating attractions and theme parks and experiences and all that. That's exactly the same thing as being a DM. He's so. gonna he's gonna homebrew every campaign. I already know it. So homebrew, you're gonna create your own worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that you can buy off the shelf campaigns and What's kind cool? of tool them to your own. Yeah, you know, and, and that's probably how I would start. Mm-hmm. And then probably once I have my wings, just kind of go from there. That's definitely down. That's down the road. But I can definitely see myself. I mean, if I was there in high school, my freshman year on my trash eighty, writing my own adventure games for like 
only family is going to play it because like we didn't even have modems back then right you, this we're going to go back to the early the mid 80s when nobody had modems except the government uh like you had to literally have a friend come over and sit at your desk and play your lame game that you created that's a text-based game or very patient parents that would come in and, and do it and so yeah i mean if i was doing that and really getting off on that when i was you know that age I can imagine being a DM is pretty freaking awesome. I can see you, uh, you get lost in the the notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. I can see Rick West writing writing modules too. Oh yeah. You're writing totally. writing campaigns, doing mm-hmm. some one shots. I can see I writing could. those too. I could. One I could. year, I see you. I picture this hosting a panel uh, a couple of years from now with the cast from Critical Role. <laughs> we'll see. Which uh, which is the biggest what Twitch stream D and D live game on? Uh, yeah, Twitch sure on yeah, and they're Twitch all they're all in Burbank. You never know. Oh, well, you never know. You never know. Stranger things that have fun. happened. That'd be fun. So yeah, no, it, it would be fun, and uh, yeah, we I mean we have talked about that a little bit, yeah. and uh, my thing with with Midsummer or any of the shows that we do, well, I any of the shows would be Midsummer and Season Screamings. Those are the only two Midsummer events. Uh, you know, I, I always say, just bridge my gap, bridge, bridge it for me. Mm-hmm. How does it fit? And I went online and very quickly found out there is an entire, uh, not even subclass, but it's an entire section of the D and D stuff that are horror campaigns. Oh yeah, and horror base. And then beyond that, there there are there are like the vampire you know mm-hmm. the the rpg and the what whatever these things are the right Cthulhu games yeah. yeah so so uh could very easily fit into the midsummer template and god knows it's really popular these days so you never know gentlemen you never know well i'm designing a horror theme game nice you guys are more than welcome to join cool We'll come up with some cool characters. We'll 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 do ground level, meat and potatoes, and then we'll work through it. Yeah, you know, I won't be too hard on everyone. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? We'll walk through it. We could do like a session zero, where we develop the characters. Maybe with like an introduction. You don't have to role play. It's up to you. Sure, sure. And then we'll do a session zero, and then the campaign will stay. We'll start the next week, whatever. Hopefully, no one dies. And that's awesome. I think it'll be fun. It sounds sounds like so much fun, and and the thing that's cool about Dungeons and Dragons is that it just, um, you know, it really encourages people to, even if they don't want to role play, just to like use your imagination. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We don't, uh, and this is this this is all why we. Um, this is, I think, why we all have the we, we share the same passion for like Disneyland and pirates and mansion and stuff because you really your, your body gets older. God knows your body gets older, um, but your imagination, as long as you continue to use it, that stays intact, and you never have to grow up. And adults just adults just sometimes, for in some cases, decide at some point that they just don't want to play anymore and to me that's really sad and Mm. to me those are the people that don't like going to theme parks they don't like going out at halloween they don't i just don't even know what is like happy for them anymore right but like when we go to something like hall of shadows or we play D &D, or we turn on turn on playstation at night to do elder scrolls or whatever we're doing we're playing 
you know, I'm 52 and, and nothing makes me happier than playing, you know, and playing could be anything from God knows video poker in Las Vegas to slot machines to D&D and reading through a player's handbook. You got to do that. I I think Mm -hmm. the day that you stop playing, you don't just like grow up. You just, you die because I, to me, I, I just can't, I mean, being involved in things like Midsummer and theme parks and all that, I can't imagine not using your imagination, but there are people out there that do stop using that. So no, I think that it's really important to even teach kids how to do this stuff. And it, it teaches them critical thinking too, like, like what to do in situations. And yeah, you know, you're probably not going to be faced by, you know, five scruffy men pulling short swords on the way out to your car, but <laughs> It, it lets you kind of step back and, and, and assess on a situation kind of like off the cuff at a moment's notice and make really strong critical thinking decisions about your surroundings, your environment, the details of what's going on. So no, I, I think it's a great skill set to teach kids and God knows it, it, it teaches people how to be social exactly. with each Thank other, you. you know, not antisocial, which is a whole other rabbit hole like i I think that social media is antisocial uh because it's so toxic these days but sitting around a table and bonding with people and and a friendship experience with people i think that that is a social experiment that is just all positive and it doesn't matter whether you're 12 or 52 i think that uh everybody should should be involved in that somehow we're all creative beings, and I think um, at different levels. I mean, like I said, I, I don't have to be writing the way you guys are, write or have, be a voiceover artist, but dude, I, I, I played a Templar at sure. Ren Fair, and I had a whole background, and I was the only Spaniard Templar, and I, I did research on the orders, and I did a voice, and I got into the character. I felt like I was really in Jerusalem. It was, hmm. I had a blast. That's I fun. Blast. You're playing. I was playing, and I went home, and I was like, I. There's nothing wrong with playing, man. There's nothing wrong just no. you know, having that having that imagination. I love it. Being creative. I love it. And I think that that's what we're really, we're really excited about that. And it's going to be so much fun to learn. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, 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 never, we never stop learning. You know, the minute you stop learning, life ends. I mean, you, you should learn every day to your dying breath. You know, there, there's so much to get into in, in life and, and, and discover in the world and experience and be part of. And, you know, no, I, I think it's going to be a really fun learning experience and definitely a very fun playing experience. We can't wait. We'll have a blast. Yeah, man, it's going to be rad. Well, I don't cut you off. We're going to talk to you and for two hours. <laughs> Anything we forgot to mention you want to plug? Yeah, we should probably talk about the composers of the apocalypse panel. So that's how the show is going to go out on Sunday afternoon on our main stage. We're going to have some really talented composers up there. We're talking about people that did the soundtracks to like our childhoods and and have really breathed life into the soundscape of of horror films and all that. So we're going to have John Masari with us, and he's most known for the killer clowns from outer space Mm -hmm. right uh he's going to be there with us um alan howarth is going to be with us and he's done god he's done so many john carpenter projects the halloween films christine uh, escape from new york you know he's going to be with us harry manfredini is going to be there who gave us the friday the 13th soundtrack including yes the now is see growing up we could have sworn it was Right? right, but then you hear him like later on in documentaries talking about how it's kill 
mama, right? So it's kill, 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 mama. Wow, I never knew that. And I'm like, it still sounds like ha to me. But anyway, yes. Interesting. Yes, we're going to make him do it live for the audience. He will do that. We have Holly Amber Church is going to be with us. And she's got some shows that are that are like current that people are watching, like Open 24 Hours and Dark Light. Um, she's going to be there, which is great. We're going to have Christopher Young, who anybody that's like grown up in the past several decades has watched horror films. You've probably heard some of his soundtracks, including Hellraiser, Pet Cemetery, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and just the list goes on and on for, for Chris Young. That's pretty crazy. Um, we're going to have Richard Band with us and he's done like uh so lovecraft fans will know like from beyond and the reanimator films he's mm-hmm. done the soundtrack for those nice uh as well as like troll he did them troll. for troll oh, right God. right all this great <laughs> 80s stuff right and so that's going to be moderated by michael colentz who is from the grim life collective oh yeah, yeah and he's a good friend of ours and he's really excited to do this and what's going to be cool about this presentation as well as the Monster Kids presentation, this is a rarity, they're each 90 minutes in length. We never really go over an hour. We've only done it once before, and that's when we did the the Not Scary Farm 45th anniversary um, presentation that was 90 minutes. It was hosted by Ted Doherty, Mm -hmm. and we had different people revolving on the stage talking about the different decades and all this stuff. So we've only done a 90-minute presentation once before, and we're doing two this year, and that's really rare. The reason the composers panel is going to be 90 minutes is because it's going to include two performances live on stage nice uh john masari is going to do his killer clowns music which his fans go nuts Mm -hmm. for that right and he loves doing this stuff and we're also going to have alan howarth is going to do a 10 minute halloween montage and so dude halloween fans you're going to see the music being played live with accompanying media on on our big screens it's going to be so good so it's like this weird cross between uh, a panel presentation and a live concert from these people that have created the horror soundtracks of our lives really you know for for us fans so that's something that uh you know john masari uh and i started talking about this last year at awaken the spirits and john got really excited about this john named the panel and he is the one that immediately i gave him kind of like the framework of like my people that i would love to have on the panel and we reached out to some some said yes some couldn't do it and john just took off like a freaking rocket and suddenly we have this amazing panel lineup and so i can't thank him enough Hmm. and it's it's going to be great he's a joy to work with and and fans love talking to john and meeting john and and all these these folks are going to be there for the panel um several of them are going to have uh booths on the show floor for the entire show so you can go up and i'm sure they'll sign your old records and you know stuff like this um i don't know if they charge for that it's up to each vendor just a little disclaimer there um but they're going to be there they're going to be there in in the flesh to talk with fans and meet people all weekend long and they are all genuinely very excited about it and in fact we're going to have uh in just a few nights actually i'm going to hop on a zoom call with with all of them and mike michael colentz and just kind of like ice break and just like shoot the shit and just kind of talk about the flow of how it's going to go and i think it's very important as a producer when you're creating panels um uh and sometimes you know uh 
there are people that put panels together, including on our own team, that, that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on this. Um, but I personally think that uh, if the moderator knows the people on the panel, it comes across so much more organic and so much more relaxed that the audience, even though they don't realize it, they feel that. They feel that vibe, and they're suddenly not witness to some guy up there reading a, a cue card that has bullet points. They are witnessing a very friendly conversation, and they're they're privy to that, and they're the fly on the wall for an hour or 90 minutes in this case to somebody that already has met the panelists, that knows that's a fan, but also has this camaraderie also with them. So I think that we're going to see and feel that in both the composer's panel and also the Monster Kids panel. Uh, those are the two big panels that I've kind of really had my, my, my fingers in, you know, for, for midsummer this year. And so both of those are, are both going to be very organic and just very relaxed and just cool. I mean, really, really cool. I think both of them are kind of be uh, precedent scenting. Like, like, like we, we said, we, we have not ever had the Monster Kids all together on stage uh, talking about, you know, growing up with their, their iconic relatives. And, you know, we haven't had this group of composers like this on a stage before and certainly not then some of them performing live, you know, on, on stage for, for their fans in the audience. So I think it's really cool, and I think it's a really badass way to to kind of close Midsummer Scream. You know, I am just dumbfounded with, with the amount <laughs> you got going on with this event this year. It's pretty crazy, right? I just how are we? There's no way in hell I'm going to be able to see all this. No, you, you're going to have to make hard <clears throat> decisions. You, 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 and your team have gone above and beyond. It's pretty exciting for man. for for um, the the official fifth year. Yeah, and coming back, being gone for such a long time, and just yeah. Well, we just, you know, we, 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 we never rest on our laurels. And I just think that, like I said earlier, it's coming back this year to me, I think is just as important, if not more important than coming out swinging our first year, because everybody knows that we've been lying dormant for all this time and yeah we've had awaken the spirits and we had season screamings but we haven't done midsummer yet mm -hmm. which is an entirely like for reference everything that we do in pasadena like we did awaken the spirits last summer and then we did season screamings at pasadena yes we took up the whole of the pasadena you know convention center there the main building and all that mm -hmm. that basically that entire footprint could fit in our hall of shadows in Long Beach. So that's the comparison. So if you embiggen what we did in Pasadena by about four or five times, that's the scale and scope of, of Midsummer Scream. So yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure to deliver. And I think that we have. And if we over deliver, that's better mm. for us because we are our own harshest critics. And uh, so we try to set that watermark like impossibly high for ourselves every year. And, you know, the, the secret sauce, you know, is, is I always share because it's not a secret. We just create the show that we want to see as fans. And, you know, yes, there are business decisions involved in that type of thing. But at the end of the day, we are fans. And if we are doing something at Midsummer that none of us are into, it will come across that way and instantly instantly this community will smell bullshit so if it's not something that at least part of the team is like oh yeah we've got to do that and really super passionate about it won't work so we 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 trust each other like there are things that i want to do that david looks at me and goes 
all right, I'm trusting you because it's not really his thing. Or there are things that he suggests that I'm like, dude, I don't know about that. But we trust each other. We've worked long enough together where we, we, we at least have that mutual respect where we trust each other on these things. So he gives me a pretty long rope. And I haven't hung myself yet with it. So so that's a good thing. And uh, it all works out because we're all fans, but we all kind of have our own things, too, that we're into, right? Mm. So it, it comes together, and I think it comes off as genuine. And, uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, Midsummer is the product of just pure fandom. It's, it's pure fandom, and it's somehow contained in a box once a year in long beach uh we will be back for season streamings again nice. the first weekend in december at pasadena mm-hmm. and those those stay locked i mean like the, the intent is to keep midsummer in long beach to keep season streamings in pasadena and just to move forward from there and, and see what else we do so uh no it's, it's great we can't wait to be back and we we literally cannot wait to see everybody coming through those doors seeing our black cats again seeing the midsummer banner it's going to be it's going to be fantastic i I have no words (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited i can't wait you said so much it's going to be a great weekend i'm proud of you guys cool thank you you're going to be fine dude it's it's going to be just uh it's a blur but it's a party and we want everybody to come i will put links in uh, the episode where they can find you where they can find midsummer perfect uh tickets uh where the um the limited edition Rick West Trick or Treat Studios. Oh my mask. God, Jesus! Mm-hmm. Yep, got it. Um, anything else? I don't think so. Did I? Did I? Did I nail everything here? Yeah. I'm looking over at Nova because my my mind is kind of shot and tattered <laughs> these days. But uh, no, I, I think we we've talked about everything, and uh, we're just ready to we're just ready to rock and roll, man. I mean, truth be told, yeah, we're still like we're 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 nailing down like some loose ends here, and there's a million moving little pieces at the last minute. But like I said, we're already like we're already talking about midsummer. We're, we're talking about midsummer next year. We're already like wow. slotting in some of the broad strokes for that. Um, we're definitely planning uh, season streamings at this point because God knows as soon as midsummer's down. Oh no, we are right back into production on on season screamings. That's too stress. Even though it's we 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 liked we liked doing the stuff at Pasadena because like I said it's a like one fourth or one fifth the size of what we do in Long Beach. But we still pour our 100% into it, right? But it is a different beast when you're dealing with how do we fill up Pasadena versus what do we do with Long Beach? You know, so it is it's a nice shift in pace. But it is uh, it's just as detail oriented. So so, yes, we're going to be, you know, eyeballs deep in into production on, on season streamings. But it's not as it's not as tedious and tedious has a negative connotation, but it, it, it's not as as intense as as Midsummer Scream. But uh, yeah, we're 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 back and we are ready and we cannot wait to see everybody. I'm excited. We're, we're, we're a couple of weeks out. I know it's. We're getting like there. Yeah. We're getting there. We're in the <laughs> final stretch. Uh, Emmanuel, a.k.a. Menji, anything you like to plug? Where can we find you? Hello, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Anna Menji. I think like the biggest thing I've been doing right now lately is I've been streaming on Twitch every Saturday morning mm-hmm. and doing games with like my community and stuff. Uh, that's been fun. Of course, I'm on YouTube, my YouTube videos. I just finished up a three-part series of videos where I traveled 
through four different states over two weeks. Oh, that's great. That's cool. Yeah. Where did so, you go? Like what states? Uh, so it was here, Nevada, Utah, and Arizona. Oh, and fantastic. Just all over. And when I on the way home, I took it took a huge detour from Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. Okay. Actually, it went straight down to Route sixty six, and then took that. I've never oh. done Route sixty six. We'll, we'll do that. that that's that's going to be fun. It right? is a fun one. Yeah. Did you play Life as a Highway when you were driving down? No. What I what I like to come do, on Disney fan. I like. Well, oh here's God. the thing. Well, uh, along the lines of Cars Land, I actually like to play like old timey like rockabilly, sure, and stuff like that when I'm on Route sixty six. Nice. Yeah. Like immediately as soon as I'm off the highway, like I change the music. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's fun. Yeah. No, I we, we'll do that. That's going to be on our bucket list to do. Yeah. Now, if they like to hire you for your voiceover services, where can they find you? Well, the same place. You go to www.animangie.com. Give me an example. I want a generic like Midsummer Scream announcement. You're in the main main ballroom. I want to hear something. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Midsummer Scream. Man, there you go. Pretty good. I cool. like it. Well, I think we've had a we've had a very uh, filling episode. Dude, it's yeah. double stuff. Yeah, double yeah. night. That's that's the yeah. double yeah. stuff Oreo style. Yeah, uh, yeah. I knew this was gonna be like a two three hour episode, but it's always <laughs> it's always good to see you. Uh, I want to thank you for coming by. You bet. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a good friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you for for inviting me to come over oh, and, no worries, and talk dude. about this. And God, you know, well, before we know it, I have a ma- I have a feeling I'll be back here talking about season screamings. So yeah, right, it's gonna happen. So yeah, <laughs> right. Happen, yeah, yeah. But um, I think that's a wrap. Thank Rick. Uh, thank, thank Rick. Thank you, Rick. As I don't speak, <laughs> it, fine. Thank Rick. Everyone's brain is broken. Yeah, thank it you, is. Rick. Thank you, Nova. Thank you, Menji. A K. Emmanuel. I I call you more Menji than Emmanuel. Yeah, you just Emmanuel. call me Menji. It's just it's it's, it's it's it's. I've had a long week. I'm sorry. It's all right. That's a wrap. Episode twenty eight. Thank you guys, and I think we're done. Mm-hmm. The Creepcast, hosted by Rick Creeper Eleven. You've once again barely escaped the clutches of the Creepcast with Rick Creeper. Next time, you may not be so lucky. To find out more about the Creepcast and Rick Creeper, follow Rick on Instagram at RickCreeper11. Until next time, be sure to keep that lantern light burning.